Welcome to the Couch Command Podcast, where we journey through geekness. Today with me, I have Matt Doc Falconer. Hello. All right. Also, I have with me uh, from Lobster Magnet Reviews on YouTube, Isaac. Uh, hey, thanks for having me again to discuss the um, Snyder Cut in Justice League. Fun fact, I was supposed to watch it um, uh, with a buddy of mine, but he was, like, taking too long. So uh, we watched half of it, and I literally, like, just finished the other half a few minutes uh, a few minutes ago. <laughs> Fresh. It's, it, it is a lot to take in. But also I have with me uh, my friend from Facebook, Tony, the uh, master video game fighter. Greetings. Thanks for having me back. Cool. All right, uh, yeah, like uh, we usually do, we're going to start with like what we've each been geeking on, and uh, then we'll get into our main review for the Snyder Cut Justice League that people thought didn't exist, but does, but no, maybe it doesn't, I don't know, we'll talk about that later. All right, <laughs> uh, let's see, the first thing that I've been geeking on is finding out that uh, I had to finally give up my Chromebook Pixel. Um, so my Chromebook Pixel has been like, my kind of laptop of choice uh i've been doing all my notes on it is like the first uh first electronic device where i've noticed that i cared about the quality of it up to that point all of my laptops and computers have been kind of like just kind of utility you know you use them it's like turning on and off a faucet uh and that's what they were for me like get to the internet do my message boarding and and that and then, like, this Chromebook came along, and, like, the keyboard, the Chiclet keyboard was just, like, perfect in a way that I just hadn't experienced before. And it was, it was a perfect device. But many years later now, it's just like, hey, Keith, uh, you will no longer be able to access Google Docs. I'm like, ah, all right. And I've had something called a Chromebook Duet. I got that, like, uh, maybe a month ago. And it's um, a tablet... Uh, Chromebook hybrid where you have like an electric uh, mini keyboard that connects to it and a kickstand that holds up the screen. And I was like, a kickstand, eh, mini keyboard. Uh, so I benched it for like weeks. And now that I don't have a choice, I was like, all right, fine, fuck it for this review. I got to take my notes. And I've been slowly falling in love with it. Like it's the most powerful Chromebook I have in my house. It has apps like my previous device. I'm getting used to slowing down while typing. But like, yeah, just kind of carried around. It's kind of like a book. It's yeah, I, I kind of love it. So, is, is it more like a tablet or like a laptop or like is it one of those like in between things where you uh, you know stick a keyboard to it and then it becomes like a you know fully in between? Like, uh, and so like the the thing that they go on all the reviews, they say it's an incredible value uh, for the price. Like, it feels so. It's like uh, you you can get one for easily under like say under two hundred seventy dollars. And you'll get a premium Chromebook experience. It's just that, like, the only thing that it doesn't have is, like, you know, how, like, you open up a laptop and the screen just kind of stays there, which I I like. But I'm starting to notice I don't notice it anymore since the kickstand holds it up the same way. Uh, and then, like, yeah, I can um, take it off the keyboard. It's, like, really simple. So there's just, like, a, 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 a kind of a magnetic connection that comes and goes easily. Um, then it's just a tablet that I can like read comic books on and stuff. So it's just gonna be like a kind of a perfect like you're sitting out. It's the summer. And you put it on the table. And it's just like a good browsing device. And also it's like my my uh, my little console next to on my couch that I, I you know browse and just like type stuff. It's yeah, highly recommended. 
Uh, let's see. Oh, and the other thing I've been geeking on is, holy shit, Godzilla vs. Kong was awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, Did we all see it? I have. <laughs> Did see it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Surprise. I, I, I have mixed feelings about it. Um. Okay, so real quickly, like my feelings are like, uh, I couldn't make it through uh king of monsters i i was very surprised because like I, you know like uh i'll say this like i prefer my kaiju done by japanese people uh not by westerners i feel that once you get in the west you start losing the point of enjoying kaiju stuff if you get too realistic and too gritty and and, and also if you can't take your own fantasy seriously like uh, I saw a good review that pointed out like one of the things that was probably irritating me with King of Monsters is like every moment had to be undercut by a joke. Uh, <laughs> it was dark, yeah. And then, so then, like, uh, what I prefer is uh, absurdity and stupidity taken seriously. Like, it you can be as foolish as you want, but everyone in the the fiction takes it seriously. So right. when it came to Skull Island, I love that one, and then. King of Monsters, uh, not King of Monsters, Godzilla versus King Kong. Like, goddamn, that was fun. What'd you guys think? I, I oh. you know, I, uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it, honestly. And uh, yeah, and I think they might have gotten the tone a little bit better. Uh, Keith, I already told you uh, that I was a little bit mad at you for that <laughs> for that post of yours. Uh, yes, I have I have since cooled down, but I still do stand by my statement. That, I that you I, I apologize me. that that I to, it, it's the the format seems obvious to me. Yeah, I mean, and uh, like, look, and he, a part of it for me again, and I, I don't want to give any spoilers in this since this is not a right. Godzilla v Kong review, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it to me, it was it's interesting. Like, whether the format is obvious or not, when I read that mm-hmm. the whole movie, it was all I could think about. It just well, like, it just see, stuck and, in and, my and also like craw, and also what I that what I said wasn't the spoiler. <laughs> That's not like okay. Okay, so okay, so um, how do I say it? Like the joke, mm-hmm. it was the spoiler. the The joke at the end is the joke that was hiding by saying that. But to me, by saying that, it's not a spoiler. Okay, sorry. Okay, we, we don't. We, yeah, we, we shouldn't the, get the, too into it. We could have a whole debatable. podcast episode about whether this was a spoiler or not. Um, as what, as spoiler. what spoilers are? Yeah, exactly. But anyway, uh, yeah, you know, enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm not going to say much more than that right now. <laughs> cool (laughs) tony i enjoyed it i absolutely enjoyed it and i'm actually on the opposite side of the opposite camp i didn't think king of the monsters was a was a terrible movie um i love seeing them actually incorporate other kaiju into the into the monster verse i really didn't think they were going to do that so i really appreciated it just just to see every everybody there you know to see to, to see mothra to see to see to see Ghidorah, to see them incorporated really well pretty well i should say so i really appreciated that yeah. and then just the cool. way that they brought it they brought everything home with with, with, the, with this newest movie i'm regardless of what happened i'm i'm, I'm team kong i'm team kong <laughs> I, I don't I'm care you, man, that is a charismatic monkey like, yes, it is. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I went in being like, "Hey, I'm a Godzilla stan all the way," and then and then Kong came on like, "Whoa, that's a that's a cool monkey right there." I can't not. <laughs> I am also full on Godzilla, but like uh, a thing that people recognized about this movie is that uh, the reason why Kong is the protagonist of the movie, the reason yeah. why the humans yep. don't progress or have arcs is because they are just supporting. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Isaac, what'd you think? Oh, all right. So let's let's just get, get in and try not. Uh, how do I get to describe <laughs> the monster verse without bringing out another podcast? I, I I mean, I enjoyed. I thought that the which more the Godzilla versus Kong fight scenes were fun. Um, you know, they were obviously the best part of the movie. But I guess my problem is that the human stuff. I mean, usually it's terrible, but like here it's like sub Michael Bay bullshit. Like I, I hate when like you know Hollywood movies try and jump on trends that are like three years old. So you've got the conspiracy podcaster. You've got uh, Millie. Yeah. Bobby yep. Brown, and she was like no, no reason in her dad from the other movie, and it's just terrible. And I, I also hate the <laughs> the world building where, like, you know, uh, you know, the, the fun about this is that like it's our world, but it has titans and kaiju monsters. Oh, how do you react to that? When did was there like the jump between like you know now they have like spacecrafts that go to like dimensional hollow Earth and, and the technology Woo, to build USA, mecha guns? USA. And that like, was a yeah, very man, good yeah. Oh, because we've 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 now switched tones. Uh, yeah, each movie kind of switches tones. Well, so like Godzilla, the first one, uh, I don't like gritty realism, and like they're trying to do gritty realism, and we got that, and then like you know you get like normal um, stories with like humans that like have arcs, and like you know they, they may have like even like emotional connections. And here though, like they're like, hey, stop it, no, okay. This is the world with giant fucking monster and magic axe wielding apes. Okay, we can have hovercrafts. <laughs> and I, I, understand, okay. I understand that as far as the monsters are concerned, but so you we're going from like halo jumping, like primitive halo jumping to hypergrav shuttles. Mm-hmm. Where, where, yes. where, where did that come from? Uh, because the the first guy's like, uh, I want you guys to feel the terror of bringing uh, this monster into our world, and and then like you you get to feel what it feels like. But this one says no. Where this is a different Earth. This is a fantasy planet that has a fantasy world in its core. But so you can have like flying spaceships. <laughs> well, well, from a world building perspective, like in a comic mm-hmm. or something, like oh, we discover this new radiation energy source from God. I would have just like some sort of like bullshit world building. To mm-hmm. explain the transition of like, uh, okay, we've got these flying spacecrafts, then why do we need helicopters to like get King Kong? Why don't we have a billion spaceships? To well, get we don't have spaceships. One corporation that has super science does. Uh, it, it just bugs me. It, it, it just seems sloppy and lazy. And it's like, and also I hate versus films where it's like, oh, we can, we have to have them team up against something. So just have another monster. You, you don't need Mechagodzilla. Or at the very least, you know, there was a rumor that they were going to have like um, aliens introduced. The Kong and Godzilla were going to like team up against aliens. Fine. Introduce aliens. I, I would love that idea. If like, you know, I don't know if we do want that. Oh, no, it depends on who does it. Like it can be good. Um, it just all depends on like the tone and the direction. Director. But um you said why can't they find another monster? Mechagodzilla is another monster. <laughs> but he's a man-made monster. And so far the whole point of the of the monster verse is that man is struggling to deal with these titans. Like uh here's my defense of Godzilla versus uh, King of the Monsters is that like mm-hmm. um 
liked it a little bit better, but the only reason I liked it is the human stuff in Godzilla King of the Monsters is as bad, if not worse, than fucking um, Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, only it's self-serious, and it's got this cast of, like, um, you know, the, the best you can get from cable TV. Oh, we've got the guy from Silicon Valley who got canceled recently. We've got yeah. uh, Stranger Things. We've got Charles Dance from Game of Thrones. It's all your HBO favorites are here to the MonsterVerse, and they're all terrible. But... Oh my god, did Michael Doherty like give the Toho monsters the best treatment they've ever seen? Ghidorah has never gotten it so good. He's like this like there are shots in that movie that I want to like print out and frame on my wall. They are just glorious. Like that scene mm-hmm. of like Ghidorah on the volcano and he's like roaring above like the little cross, Rodan coming up. There are just shots that are just so beautiful and so lovingly. I just wish there was a better movie uh, centered around the, you know, the, the, the glorious of, uh, you know, $200 million being put to kaiju action. Gotcha. Fully understood. Uh, let's see. But, uh, so, I don't know, do you, do you watch uh, are you in a live action Japanese kaiju tokusatsu and any, any of that stuff? Uh, sparingly. I was a big Godzilla fan when I was younger, so, you know, I've seen like a good, back when it was on TNT. I uh, haven't really kept up with like most of the recent stuff, although I did love Shin Godzilla. Uh, I, I will uh, go on the, whatchamacallit, <laughs> go on the lamb for Shin Godzilla. I still need to watch it because I've heard it's incredible. Once again, it's my, it's my it's my personal taste. Like I hate um I hate realism a lot. When when it comes to my fantasy and science fiction, it drags down what I'm there for. That's why I haven't watched Shin Godzilla yet. Uh, I plan to. I want to force myself to to uh, actually judge it on its real own terms. But right now, like to me, when I see realism, it says to me that uh, the creators are ashamed of what they're really working with like hey man are you having fun with star wars or not no no i gotta crack jokes every second because i don't get that being in the world of star wars can just be fun or king of monsters or or like yeah like i I like it when you embrace the foolishness like like um in the godzilla versus king kong you have like flying hovercraft no one questions it no one blinks no one goes well where did that come from and look at the camera no they're like all right well i'm a pilot so i can fly to the center of the earth like all right cool like yeah thank you all right like i just want to have some fun in a weird world and that's what godzilla versus kong gave to me and yeah that's all i've been geeking on uh do you guys have any other final words because i have now gone a little bit over what i usually try to hold for each of us when it comes to geeking but any other words on on your the stuff you're geeking on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope they get the rights in the Godzilla verse to Gigan and Angiris, so we <laughs> cool. see them in future movies. <laughs> oh, uh, really? One last dork thing was like, uh, yes, Godzilla, Mech Godzilla is a man-made monster, but in the world of Ultraman and Kaiju fandom, that's a valid kind of monster. You can either get one from space fantasy magic or man. Yeah, but also the bones or person made. Oh yes, always the bones. Whether it's Godzilla bones or other bones that I won't reveal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, one last thought. You know what I, yes. I thought they were going to do, and I thought would have made more sense, especially with the teaser <laughs> at the end of the monsters, uh, King of the Monsters. That it should have been Mecha Ghidorah. There you go. I said it. Mecha uh, King Ghidorah because they had the head. Why not make him a mech? Uh, there, there you go. Uh, I feel like that, that would have been a little bit more of a logical step than uh, Mecha Godzilla. Did you see? 
Did you see the movie? Uh, yeah, the uh, end of um. Didn't you see the end of um? Well, yeah, I know that like supposedly Ghidorah's like mind was controlling it, or they were using it as okay. the central core. Spoiler, but but okay, I, 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 I my my reply to you would be a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> so I get you that we're spoiling. All right, guys, spoiler for the next minute on Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, and now, okay, it is uh, King Ghidorah's skull in Mechagodzilla. Yeah. But I guess that th- there wasn't much to, like, connect the King Ghidorah personality to Mechagodzilla. Mechagodzilla is just this is kind of, like, weird amalgamation versus, like, you know, uh, what signified that this was the Ghidorah consciousness that had taken over it. And in, in the fiction, in the fiction, like, so there's, like, I'm not sure where the third head is. Uh, maybe it's connect with that one guy I, I thought that at the end of the last movie. But, like... There's the skull at the base that's psychically connected to a skull that's in Mechagodzilla. And then when they fuck around too much, King Ghidorah is too powerful and takes over Mechagodzilla and wipes out the guy who was in the other skull. Wasn't that kind so, of a nod to the original Mechagodzilla from the uh, from the old from the older movies? Because didn't they do something similar to how he was with how he was created in that one? A little because like, that was like Godzilla's um, skull, uh, skeleton, right? That made Mechagodzilla. God, I don't remember for, 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 for But exactly. okay, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> We've gone twenty <laughs> minutes. Everybody else has to geek too. Uh Matt, what have you been geeking on? Matthew T. Schraderson? Oh can anyone hear me? Did did we lose him? I can hear you. You uh so you can hear Matt? Uh I can't, but I I mean I can hear you. Okay, cool. Tony, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm still here. Wait, wait, he says his PC just froze up in the message group. All right, cool. Uh, Everybody, let's uh, stop the recording, and we'll be back after a quick break. All right, welcome back. Uh, Yeah, Matt got knocked off the internet. What happened to your computer, dude? It just froze. It just, it it had enough. It had enough of these shenanigans, and just, uh, it, it froze right up. All right, then, what have you been geeking on, brother? Oh, yeah, so, um... I have started playing Street Fighter V again. Uh-oh. And, uh, With what yeah. controller? Uh, just my, my standard PS4 controller. It's kind of a clearish red one. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I had put it down for a long time, and now this big, um, you know, the, 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 the probably final season is coming out, which I haven't bought yet, but um, I'm going to... Season? Gonna, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, there's the, you know, seasons every year with new characters that they add. And mm-hmm. this this year they're bringing in they brought Dan back, Dan Habiki. And I've always <laughs> I've always really yeah. liked Dan. Uh he's super fun. But um You cosplayed as him once. I did cosplay as Dan once. That's right. Many, when we first met. Yeah. <laughs> or not actually met. We were at the same convention and Anyway. Oh, that's so funny. I mean, I remember meeting you at a convention, but I forgot that I was cosplaying as Dan at that convention. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I started playing Street Fighter V again. Um, I am going to get the uh, all the downloadable stuff in eight days when Rose comes out. Uh, and Rose uh, yes. looks incredible. Yes, 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 yes. Like, so fun. I used Rose back in... Well, at first, I'll start it with this. My main uh, for... I've tried to... Okay. I've tried to branch out and use different characters multiple times, but my main has been and still is 
Rainbow Mika. Um, and I actually mained with Mika back in Alpha 3. And then they finally brought her back for 5. And I've tried to branch out, but it's really difficult for me to find another character that I really enjoy playing. I would have been so much happier <laughs> if you just never mentioned that, because I can't stand our Mika in this game. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I can't. Oh, no! Well, I are can't. you fighting her, or...? Yes, yes. Because uh, it's, why? it's her sole What's... mission in this game to put you in the blender every chance she gets. It's just a guessing yeah. game when it, whenever she gets a little momentum. I can't, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Uh, yeah, well, uh, that's not going to stop me from playing me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's probably what's going to happen to you, buddy. Yeah. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to put you in a blender. Sounds like, uh, like we've got a, a, a blender coming up here. <laughs> I, mean, I, really doubt, I really doubt you'd ever have to worry about me putting you anywhere near a blender, Tony, from the sounds of it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but, but that said, I also used Rose. I used Rose in Alpha 3. I used Rose in 4. And she looks better than ever in five with her tarot cards and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, she just looks so good. Um, Tony, who do you play? Who do you use? Um, I'm, I'm going back and forth between three characters. Um, I mained Rashid ever since, ever since the first season. Um, I, I I like his style. That's the, that's the main reason. Uh, I think that's a great reason. The guy is, he's, forever optimistic he loves he loves to fight and he's also a huge tech head like he every chance he gets to to, to show off and mess with the with the newest technology he, he goes for it um all of his win quotes are like whenever whenever he's fighting against somebody he goes oh this was a great fight um did you record that can we put it up online for everybody everybody to see awesome <laughs> he seems like a nice guy like like anybody is. in the game he seems like like he'd be fun to just kind of hang out with or something um, but I also, I mean, I, I mean, Nash, uh, Charlie and Charlie, I like him. He, they, they, I know, you know, but they, they changed his style from, from, from the older games, from oh the alpha God, series, because he used to be, he used to be just basically a surrogate guile. Yep, um, correct. but when they brought him back from the dead in this game, they first off changed, they changed his, 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 his motions like his commands from from being a charge character to the quarter circles mm. and they also made him more of a more of a, a, a swiss army knight character like he it he's got a ton of different moves he it, and all of his all of his his, his move kit is just very situational so yeah. like he's got different things to fit, different things to fit different situations you just have to know what to use when i i like that but at the same time you have to be on your game when, you, when you're using him because he doesn't have a whole lot of like uh he doesn't have a get off me move in, in case you get trapped in a corner so you're you're constantly having to think two or three steps ahead of wherever you're fighting interesting all right who, and who's number three nikali Nikali. Oh, wow. Nikali. Yeah, you know, I, I, for, I forgot about Nikali. <laughs> uh, you and every, everybody um, else in the community. <laughs> that's so uh, funny. Tony, do you change controller depending on what fighting game you're using? And what fighting game do you use for uh, Street Fighter V? Um, I use stick. Well, I, I actually, I use stick and pad. It really, it really just depends on how I'm feeling. Um, I don't like to like to restrict myself to one to one one method of play. Um, it, it largely to just to, just depends on on whom, who I'm playing, um, what I'm playing. Uh, with a pad, the the exe- my execution for movement is, is a is a lot quicker, but it also can make it make it a bit more imprecise. So I don't necessarily get what I want 
when I want it sometimes, or I might get something different, a, a different kind of attack or a different kind of move. But it just depends. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, it's funny you were mentioning how, like, you really just can't stand fighting me because it made me remember. Because I'm nowhere near getting back into online matches again, but it just reminded me of how much I hate fighting Cammy. It just. <laughs> She is – doesn't matter who I'm using or how good I'm playing. I can just go on a tear, beat all these people. All of a sudden, I run into Cammy, and she's my fucking daddy, and th- that's it, and I'm, I'm done. Like multiple roommates have seen this happen to me where it's just like doesn't matter. Like I run into Cammy, I'm done. It's so freaking weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like I think that you know different it – just, it's just your play style, right? You know, uh, your character you're using and also your play style. There's just you – got, you got some bad matchups, mm-hmm. and that's what – that's what Cammy is for me. Uh, hopefully, I'll uh, maybe I'll get good at some point, and I won't have to worry <laughs> about that as much. But probably no time soon. Um, cool. Yeah. So Street Fighter Five, and then also uh, Isaac on your recommendation, I started watching Kaiji. Oh, uh, did you? What, what do you think? It's fucking awesome. <laughs> I love Kaiji Ultimate Survivor. It is like I did not think I was gonna like it. I really didn't. But like it is, it is just it really pulls you in. You know, it it, re- it becomes really engrossing. It just sucks you in, and you just get really involved in the stakes. Yeah. Oh, the gambler. Yeah, the gambler guy, and like you end up like this with the game when the when the show starts. You're like this Kaiji guy. Like, ooh, what a scumbag! But then as the show goes on, you're like, Kaiji's awesome. Like he's just like this great guy, um, and I've I've I don't want to give any kaiji spoilers. I know that's a big problem in the nerd community, but uh, <laughs> like there, I'm at one point right now in like I think I'm in still near the end of the first season, and he just finally had gotten a big win, but now he's about to like risk it all and go back in. It's the tissue box thing. Um, yes the tissue box and wow. so and i'm just like kaiji no walk away you gotta walk this is your chance walk away you guys have sparked my uh curiosity i'll be checking this out after the podcast yeah definitely i highly highly recommend it. it's funny thing is it's, it just look it's so under the radar so under the radar so yeah thank you for the recommendation those are my those are oh, the- i'm sorry Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so happy to hear that you, uh, what you call it, uh, you know, invested it and you enjoyed it as much as I thought you would. Yeah, man, no, you were you were dead on. It's like, yeah, Keith, check it out. It's super enjoyable. Uh, Sold. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I have been geeking on. All right, Tony. All right, so two been two main things I've been geeking on. Primarily, um, the resurgence of Virtual Fighter. But what? What? That's what? Wait, how, how's it? How did it come back? I don't know. Well, yeah. what is this? Why is there research? So, story time. Um, <laughs> the last, the last iteration of Virtual Fighter, uh, Virtual Fighter Five Final Showdown, was released in 2006. So, almost 15 years ago, and we've had nothing, absolutely nothing since then. But it got leaked that. Um, that an update to that one called Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown, it was it received a rating, a PS4 rating in Korea. So we oh, know there's shit. something coming. We just don't know exactly what what's going to be there, where like, where it's going to be released. But we know it's coming, and it's, it's got the world talking now. Especially after after this this this, this promo that Sega cut back at the beginning of the year for Virtual Fighter Cross Esports. So, 
as of this point, we know something's what? coming. We just don't know exactly what's coming or, and how much of it we're going to get. But I, for one, am damn excited because that's has to be my favorite 3D fighting franchise in all of everything. I um, can kick the shit out of people in that game. I'm fucking good <laughs> at Virtual Fighter. What, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, uh, yeah, when it comes to fighting games, guys, like, uh, I'm pretty well, I'm pretty well versed, uh, like, uh, because of my buddy Mark, uh, and because the video game culture, uh, forced me into it. And I'll be honest, like, uh, really, uh, really quickly in the past when Street Fighter started coming up, I was not happy. I, I did not like fighting games because I don't want to lose. I just want to play with my friends. So, like, uh. I love, like, you know, we, uh, brawlers. That was, like, that was the, the pinnacle of fighting games. And all of a sudden, like, no one wanted to play that anymore. I had to get into fighting games, and but yeah, yeah, I can I can throw hands, especially when it comes to like uh, 3D fighters. Those make far more sense to me than 2D fighters. Agreed. 2D fighters, I use the force. And of the 3D fighters, um, like you, like the, the big boys in the in the community right now are, are Soul Calibur, Tekken, and and Virtual Fighter to an extent. I, I like Virtual Fighter because the barrier for entry is very very low. But mm-hmm. the depth mm-hmm. is insane. I mean, it, which mm-hmm. is incredible for a game that basically pri- that basically has you fighting using only three goddamn buttons: punch, kick, guard. That's it. That's all you need. It's crazy. Like, that's it. But the depth and the things you can do in the game is just in- incredible, and I love that. Huh. Yeah, I, I when I started like uh, for, I, I started like switching characters around. Like for a while, I was really good. Uh, was his the wrestler? Was that Wolf? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I was just lay down and like just rip up my friends. It was, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun times. Uh, hey, speaking of Soul Calibur, Tony, do you think do you think Rock's ever gonna come back to Soul Calibur? At this point, probably not. That's kind of uh, my what thought too. Is Rock's and why can't this person come back to Soul Calibur? It, it was um, a, well, Rock, which is funny actually, because if you look at it, um, who was it? So. Rock was in the, was in the series before Astaroth was because yeah. Astaroth was basically was basically an echo fighter of of, of Rock it, it, and, a, and a couple of the characters in in, the, in, the, in Soul Calibur were like that totally. But with Astaroth being so popular now, I, I mean, there's there's no real reason at, at this point. It, I figured Bandai Namco figures to, to to put him back in the game when we're even lucky to have like a, a second or third season of this game to begin with. Like they mm-hmm. it, they were banking on when they when they first reintroduced Soul Soul Caliber when they came out with six the the developers and and they were like okay so we're gonna do this but we don't really we don't even really have a budget for this so we're gonna do what we can but if but if if season one doesn't doesn't get off the ground like for the first year that's gonna be it we're done we're completely done with this franchise we're closing the doors Damn. but they got enough support behind it to bring to bring it back for a second and a third season but still i i mean with with most of the support going behind going behind Tekken at this point i don't see them introducing any any other any other characters that that won't really bring that won't really, really bring in the box because what they're what they're going for now are just guest characters across all their franchises, like Tekken. Mm. They're, they're they're bringing in who was the last one that they brought in? Like you've got you got Geese, Akuma, and Tekken Seven. You've got Noctis from Final Fantasy Fifteen, um, and Soul Calibur. They put in Haomaru from from Samurai Showdown, and and it is they're looking from a marketing standpoint. Nobody's really going to want to. 
who's going to want to pay like five or six dollars for rock? Me. That's five <laughs> bucks in your pocket, Namco, if you're listening. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Well, real quickly, I want to say also uh, a quick a video game story, which is uh, so I'm, I'm I'm I am pretty damn good at fighting games, but uh, my limit is that I use the force a lot. So I'm like using muscle muscle memory, and my brain connects directly to the game, so that I just kind of make things happen. But I don't know how to make them happen. Which in Soul Calibur, for like the the first time, I, I, I hit the limit of what happens if you don't actually know what you're doing and like uh, my friend just had like this this is a friend over and, and and she sat down to play she's like all right yeah i'm really good at soul caliber i'm like all right let's do this and it was a stone wall she dominated me so hard that like i couldn't figure out the math of how to beat her it was horrifying i experienced one other time this one guy and he like he's like yeah i like tekken i'm like all right yeah yeah i'm pretty good too let's do this and like the math was not there for me. Yeah. Like he stonewall just put me down. Like I, those two fights, I'll never forget them. Cause like, I was like, what the, f- Oh my God. Like, yeah, if you don't know how to do stuff, you hit your, you hit, you yeah, hit those don't balls. feel bad about Tekken. Don't, don't feel bad about Tekken because Tekken <laughs> is, is balls hard. It, balls it is hard. Yeah. Like he, he, he was so good at it that he saw my frustration and I could feel him bring like bring his skill level down Oof. so that there was a fight at all possible yeah that's it's interesting those walls are interesting because you know like when i really get into a fighting game i'll go into the training room and i will just i'll pound mm. it out for that sounded wrong but you know what i mean for like hours <laughs> and, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and, and and usually hours. like <laughs> just for hours mm. but uh and then like if i'm doing like couch stuff i do pretty well you know and i feel feel mm. confident and then i go to a tournament and like then I hit that wall, and it's just forget it. Mm. Like the yeah, the math or whatever. They're seeing the matrix, and I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I thought I was good at this. Yeah. Ter- well, uh, here's someone who actually knows the math. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Anything else you've been geeking on? Only other thing recently, um, I'm is kind of like a surface level geek. Just um, is, is Highlander. No. Ooh. Yeah, um, I actually just, uh, just first time in. No, 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 no. Um, I grew up on the on the series on the on the Highlander series with, with Duncan McCloud, but it's been years since I've mm-hmm. seen it, and I just bought the entire series. So, um, <laughs> so I'm actually having a blast getting back into it. Dude, yeah, I have watched a couple random episodes, and they're still so good. Yes. Yes. Um, I grew up with the like it was um. I, I grew up the first movie. And it was one of those beautiful moments, like you know, back in the day when you didn't have a search engine to dial up whatever you want to look at. It was just like a, a Sunday, and I turn on channel eighteen, and like you know, some guy in a trench coat in the in the alleyway draws the sword, and like lightning flies. I'm like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. What's happening? And then like you know, you turn on TV one day. There's a TV series. Holy shit! So, yeah. Uh, what's your past? What's your your life with uh, Highlander? Um, I used to watch it as a kid all the time. Um, I watched a TV show before I saw the movie. So you're talking about mm-hmm. like two two totally different universes, basically. Um, I but I oh, love yeah. the story building. I love the characters. Richie was my boy. I loved Richie to death. Yes, and I'm so Me I'm too. so so sad to to see that the it, actor, the actor like, died recently. That, that that breaks my heart. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I loved that dude so much. Like he like he was like. 
Luke Skywalker path. Like he sucked at first, but he kept on trying, kept on trying, and then he got good. He got his own sword. I like when you find out. Spoiler alert! Uh, after season one, and like uh, after season one, uh, there's two supporting characters: the love interest and like you know the little Jimmy character that I call as a, uh, a, a um, classification of movie characters. Me and friends came up with is the kid sidekick who can become better and maybe a hero. Usually, like, Robin. We call him Little Jimmy. Mm. So you got Little Jimmy as Richie and the love interest. They both get shot at the end. And then, like, uh, Duncan walks into a room, and all of a sudden he feels the immortal feeling. I'm like, what the fuck? <gasps> Richie! Holy shit! Uh-huh. I scream. I ran around my house. And then my friend Max was like, yeah, Keith, it's always been hinted. Like, there was no secret about this. <laughs> but I didn't know it was coming when it happened. Anyway. That's my feelings on, <laughs> on Highlander. That's what I've been geeking on. Sorry. <laughs> Did I take it over your geeking section? No, no, section, no, 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 you're fine. But those are the two biggest things I've been geeking on recently, so that's all I have for you. Cool. Uh, my last thing on Highlander is in my corner over there. I have a, a Duncan McCloud poorly replicated katana that I bought off a of home shopping network in the 90s, signed by Duncan McCloud. And he held it, and he looked at it, and he goes, huh, this isn't like my sword from the show. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, my God, he's critiquing my sword. I love it. I love it. No, I loved it. Like, you critique it all you want. It's called crap. I don't care. You, Doug McCloud touching my sword and looking at it and having opinions. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, If I could own a yeah, replica of his sword and mm-hmm. or a replica of Luke Skywalker's own personal lightsaber, that would complete every oh, collection yeah. that I have. The one, the one from Jedi, <laughs> yes, with like the 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 like with the the thinner, like the skinnier top that kind of flared. Ugh, I love that one. Yes, later. which was actually a repainted Obi Wan Kenobi uh-huh. prop. Oh. I uh, but yes, in my corner over there, I have the two swords, uh, Luke's and the Highlander one, like leaning against each other right now. Oh, so, that's great. Yes, I, I have them both. Beautiful. Uh, yes. So that's what I've been geeking on. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Talk to <you. laughs> Isaac, what have you been geeking on? Uh, I've been geeking on uh, two things. Um, one positive, one negative. The mm-hmm. positive one is the Invincible uh, show on uh, Amazon. Oh, I'm enjoying dude. that. It's so good. Gotta get there. You're doing a great job. Yeah, good. it's like job. one of those things where it's like it got me interested enough to like go because uh, I'm really curious to see like how they've adapted the comic, what they've changed, and it's interesting to see them like basically take uh, larger arcs but sort of flesh them out and update it. Like you know, originally in the comic, uh, you know, the Amber character was like you know kind of like just a like, generic blonde uh, comic book girl, but now they kind of updated her uh, to see you know she's a black girl and she's a little bit more woke. But it's an interesting thing to see like take something that was like in 2000s and do a more contemporary version of it and uh, to me it's like a fascinating process as well as like the big you know spoiler in the beginning uh, of um, how they reframed it as a murder mystery versus how in the original Invincible comic uh, I, I don't know can I, can I talk about it as like general knowledge because uh, it's like the first episode the, you know, Spoiler alert w- w- for the next maybe two minutes. Sure. Uh, when the Omni-Man kills the Guardians of the Galaxy, and originally the way they do it in the comic is that it happens much later. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, it actually happens... Um, 
I forget. It happens pretty early, but like he pretty much comes and tells you, you know, invincible why, and it's like the big twist. One of the big twists that like reframes the comic. Uh, mm-hmm. While here, my guess is they're like saving it for a uh, end of the season brawl, while still going forward and adapting other storylines uh, from the series. So it's r- really interesting to see how faithful they're being, while also like taking little divots and expanding things. So. As someone who always gets a kick out of uh, seeing stuff adapted and what choices are made. And so far, it's like really strong choices, like the fight between Omni-Man and the Guardians of the Globe. I really, really liked just because it, it sells their competency that they're like a threat. And, you know, he tries to get the jump on him, but he doesn't. So it's a completely fair fight. And you see him like really struggling. And then as he just like overpowers each one, there's like this sense of dread, like, no, it's, it's it, you know, mm. he could be being mind controlled. <laughs> Screw it. It's him or us. And, it's just a really well choreographed fight scene that I love because it had a lot of great beats of like, you know, it didn't feel like a curb stomp. It, it felt like an equal <laughs> battle. Uh, but uh, I mean, how, how many of you guys have seen that fight? Oh yeah, not totally. yet. Uh, I plan to. Uh, I plan to. It, like, uh, yeah, uh, big Invincible fan because of The Walking Dead. Uh, yeah, like a buddy would like you know would recommend Walking Dead first horror comic I ever experienced, and then like I was so in love with it, I was like, all right, well, what else is this guy doing? And I took up Invincible. I'm like, God damn, this is good. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I eventually yeah. fell out of it. Yeah, you're gonna lose your shit when you see that fight scene because like in the comic, it's cool. just like a, you know you just see the, them get smacked, and then you get the page with the reveal. Mm-hmm. While here, it's like it's like a full blown five ten minutes with all the gore you could want and all the drama of uh, them like trying to do their best. And, and uh, yeah, I, I love the fact that they actually show him struggling. That like uh, you know it's not a curb stomp. He's like uh, try you know struggling against their superpowers. They use their superpowers in smart ways, but you just can't overcome mock Superman with his, you know, 70s porn mustache. <laughs> Rad. <laughs> Uh, so, 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 you know, they've been doing a great job with it. And this was also fun just because, like, it's like, um, you know, Robert Kirkman decided, like, you know, I don't want to start from the beginning. I just want to make uh, a superhero universe with everything in the kitchen sink. This is a world where supernatural science fiction, it, it all exists. I'm just going to throw everything here and then just go from there for, and build my own, you know, Marvel uh, uh, DC level continuity. And rather than have like build up and accelerate, just like start from the ground running and go from there. Hmm. I'm in. Uh, with these like new shows lately, uh, I always have this kind of um, uh, form of anxiety. Uh, I, 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 when like these new streaming shows come out and they start putting them like like a little too fast, and they have to keep up with everybody else is talking about it. So then like I just step away from it until like everyone stops talking about it. They're all out, and then I can calmly just kind of watch them at my own pace. I mean, like, I found that that was, it started with The Witcher. I was just like, okay, I just, I don't want to keep up with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I might try and go back to The Witcher, but, um, The Witcher, like, it, to me, it seemed to suffer from all the sins of Netflix adaptation. And, and it wasn't even, mm-hmm. and it also seemed to, like, make the mistake of, like, oh, we're just going to adapt a bunch of short stories that aren't really connected and throw them. And it was like, the first episode I was like, oh, all right, you, you're talking too much. Nothing is happening. Is this another one of those goddamn Netflix series where it's like 55 minutes of, like, not very interesting character dialogue? And then you have, like, some action sequence to make you go to the next episode? Hmm. Uh yeah, and then they got way too clever with fucking with timelines and shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm like guys, I, I don't, I, I can't. 
So I, yeah, the the less positive thing I've been geeking on is mm-hmm. uh, uh, so gentlemen, um, have you ever heard the story of the woman formerly known as Digibro? No, no, nope. Okay, so let me like I, I've been dying to talk to to anyone about this just because like internet drama is stupid and it's dumb and it's horrible, but like the reason why we like drama is its storytelling. It is mm-hmm. opera made for the masses. And, you know, in this new era we have, as culture becomes more secular, you know, people say, oh, I don't like gods. Gods doesn't exist, yada, yada. But we still crave gods. We crave Mm -hmm. to elevate people to statuses above their station, which is why we love, you know, the Brad Pitts and the Angelina Jolies. And what do we love more than the Brad Pitts and the Angelina Jolies? We love it when they fall. Yeah. We love it when... They destroy themselves, that they're just as human as, as us. It is our own modern day Greek pantheon. So, did you. Oh, no. Uh oh. He's cutting out. He cut out for me, dude. I mean, what this is dramatically right when you're starting the story, dude. Isaac, you still there? Because oh, <laughs> no. I really want to hear this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Another one bites the dust. Awesome. <laughs> oh, no. Should we stop? <laughs> so dizzy. <laughs> right in the exciting part. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think we should stop recording and export. All right, and we're back. Um, so please, uh, okay, Isaac. So let, let me. Elaborate. We've been waiting. So what is this, Digibro? So Digibro was like um. You know, modestly successful Annie Tuber uh, personality. He had like at his peak, like maybe 350k subscribers. He was considered to be originally started his internet career like uh, he went to community college, failed out of that. Uh, went to Target, couldn't stand that. Uh, his parents let him just like sit in his, um, you know, uh, house all the time, uh, being a hickey And he wrote blogs, and then he eventually became a part of the. Um, um, MLP uh, Brony communities because it was Digibro like digital Brony uh, that became his sort of like moniker that stuck and eventually he transitioned towards anime and he was kind of like he tried to position himself as like the the alternative towards like the bigger anime YouTubers like Giguk and um, Geoff while they would like kind of like you know talk about the big shows and like say they're good and you know reassert people's opinions that they want to hear he would be the alternative he would like do these incredibly in-depth videos about uh you know obscure anime directors from the 80s doing their uh and you know some of the stuff he did was actually really good and really informative when he would like do these sort of deep dives but uh, Digi made a lot of terrible decisions. Uh, he got into weed, got into sort of drinking, which led to like a lot of degenerate uh, behavior. Um, he started these beefs where he would like, you know, say the like, oh, Gigook and Mother's Basement, they're all shit, which would, mm-hmm. of course, create drama. Uh, and, and the funniest thing is that they all went on to surpass him. But this authenticity at, the, at his peak got him like $5,000 a month on Patreon to basically sit around and do whatever he wanted and talk about anime but he was always kind of like conceited and terrible planning things and falling through following through and like so you know he would try and make rap music he would try and make um 
yeah, really freaking terrible rap music. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, all the, you try to do light novels. I'm going to make uh, my own anime. I'm going to make my uh, all this other stuff, but would never really follow through. And he sort of built this community called the PCP, the Procrastinators Podcast of other people. But it just sort of became this wank fest of people who never really kind of like got to that other extra level and sort of like, you know, take it as like not trying to do like more mainstream or successful stuff as like a validation of their artistic expression. Uh, and that's still going on, but things started to fall apart where, like, he, he got this girlfriend, and it became, now it's become abundantly clear that, like, this is like a wannabe e-girl who was just kind of, like, clamming to herself to what celebrity she can get her hands on. And he also decided that he was going to stake his entire YouTube career as being a defender of Lollicon, as someone who enjoys explicit uh. images of underage uh, ch- girls, uh, you know, getting uh, stooped. Uh, which is, I guess you could make a libertarian argument, but like, you know, blah, 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 it's just art, but that's not the hill you want to fucking die on. Nope. (laughs) This is not, this is not like, I would not, I do not think of any circumstance that I would want to be the forefront of the crusader. uh, (laughs) I would be a spokesman for this. Yeah. No, you don't. There's this wonderful clip of him on a podcast asking, like, someone directs him, so are you, I hear you're a blah, 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 and he says, I like watching images of little girls getting bleeped in the bleep. Dude, no! <laughs> no. Wow. What the deal? But he, he still maintained a fan base despite <gasps> this, despite doing all this dumb thing, despite creating all this drama. Uh. But it gets even worse because <laughs> no. somehow he decides because here's another problem is that he always tries to rebrand himself you know I'm not going to be Digibro I'm the otaku gonzo journalist but unfortunately <laughs> the SEO means I still show up as Digibro and people still know me as Digibro so he tries to rebrand and then eventually he decides that he wants to have a you know a transition and become a woman uh, which you know I guess you could say like you know go power to you you know if you have gender dysmorphia you should definitely pursue you know get your inner self but the problem with uh yeah yeah there's, there's no way this could go wrong yeah uh the problem with the uh, mr digibro is that like you know considering the fact that he you know m- makes really sudden transitions and pivots every three to six months and doesn't stick with them it feels like uh, you know okay why don't you try being non-binary uh, at first you know you can wear women's clothing give that before you you know fully commit so he's kind of like or they i'll try and use they from now on to be the you know mm-hmm. uh, proper pronoun. Uh, they right. transition from being Digibro or to Diginay to Trixie to the Golden Witch to the Bee. They've changed their name like five different times. Uh, that would be you know you can live your new life. But then they got s- sorted with this uh, group of like terrible leeches rapper hang hanger ons to the point where like they're just like the worst degenerates you can imagine and th- yeah him or they they uh, Diginay, Trixie uh, whatever you want to refer to them uh, and now not only did they get rid of all of their YouTube uh, videos all of their anime analysis videos they changed the name to Yig Studios <laughs> wait 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 when you say they got rid of them 
You mean he deleted his channel? No, he still has the channel. That would have been smart to like make a new channel for all the, the new terrible stuff you want to do. But no, he, he still has the channel. He renamed it from Digibro to Yig Studios. Uh, his former fiance, the girl who wants to be e-girl grifter, um, you know, almost got kidnapped. And then she's separated oh despite the fact that they were supposed to be a fiance. Uh, and then she winds up the date. This is where you sort of see her real colors come out, where she decides to like uh, leave Mr. Uh, you know, the artist formerly known as Digibro behind. There you go. That, that, that kind of works. No, no one can be offended by that, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, the artist formerly known as Digibro behind. Uh, and then they shack up with Ethan Ralph. Now, do any of you know who Ethan Ralph is? Not at all. Uh- very familiar to me Ethan Ralph is a controversial creator of the Killstream kind of an alt-right figure who has all kinds of edgelords come for internet blood sports, Uh, he got shut down (laughs) he's been ticked off of every platform because, you know, he invites too many Nazis on Uh, I mean, to to his credit, he'll eventually he also has extreme left people like Destiny and Voshan as well so, you know, he he can give an equal platform for people, for the, you know both sides of the spectrum, although I'd say he's more right leaning, uh, but you know he's been he had a few too many Nazis, like real Nazis <laughs> on his platform. So you know he's been kicked off of YouTube. He's I think he got kicked off of D Live. He's he's like this weird parasite. He's known for his like horrible gigantic uh, you know gunt. They call it. <laughs> he's just like a disgusting human being. So <laughs> what happens is you know the newly the forest formerly known as Digibro is this collective called Yig Studios. They have this awful like white trash juggalo rapper named Riley who seems to be advising him on all his quote-unquote business decisions where they produce absolutely awful terrible unlistenable music uh, oh if, if we had time I wish I could play some videos I'll, I'll give you some links if you want to enjoy it and <laughs> they, but his fandom eats it up yeah it's just, it's just, and and here, here's the pinnacle here's the white trash pinnacle uh, Mr. Ethan Ralph they have this confrontation where Ethan Ralph goes for the new girl who you know the artist formerly known as Gigi Bros. Uh, former fiance is now dating him and she comes back to get her stuff from uh, the for- artist's uh, house and then they have this entire white trash tussle where they're just like punching each other in the middle of their house and, and just oh screaming and it is one of the most horrible videos I've ever seen but I cannot look away I cannot stop watching it and I want to show it to everyone because it's it's like they're kind of like trying to show it just like you know this is our side of the story Look at us, Ethan. But like, what they don't seem, what he, they don't seem to realize is that um, nobody won in this video. You look <laughs> horrible. Everyone looks horrible. This is like Jerry Springer trash, and it's just so uncomfortable to watch. But you can't look away. You cannot look away. And it sounds like this is. Still ongoing? Yes, it is still ongoing. The former podcast he was, they were a part of is like completely disowned them. Uh, you know, this poor guy ever, this also this other Anituber known as the best guy ever was like trying to do like a red letter media show called content where they would like review seasonal anime. And uh, you know, it was, it was kind of enjoyable, kind of like a uh, half in the bag. And the poor guy moved all the way to Virginia Beach to set up the studio to fulfill the dream of like collaborating with his supposed best friend, but then his 
best friend is, apparently wants to go live in an RV and, and like tour the country, which, which kind of like puts a damper on that because you, you know you can't be in California then drive back to California to go film a video about you know an anime seasonal review thing. It, it was just like a complete f you. So so would you say this person is maybe too big to fail now? Because it sounds like the way you're describing it sounds like the reason why this person gets to while about almost to do anything they want is because they have a solid fan base that will always <laughs> keep him able to pay his bills. That That is the, the funniest. I think that is the, the, where this becomes the tragedy of Darth Sidious kind of like, uh, and why I can't look at, no, no, all the financials say that they, you know, if you look at their Patreon, it's rapidly declining. The channel okay, is losing subscribers. Uh, okay. th- all the videos are getting ratioed. At one point, this was a person who was like, almost like, you know, not quite as big as like the real big Titans of the field. But, they, you know, they were making enough to get by and had a really comfortable life and, uh, you know, were being invited to conventions. We're kind of like this, you know, he kind of he had when he was Digibro, he kind of had this like, um, you know, this this all knowing hobo look. But now they they basically seem to be making every terrible decision to ruin any semblance of a fan base they had previously. And they're just making every awful choice, burning every alienated bridge. So you're, and- you're just kind of would you say would you say that you found out about this person because you're once a genuine fan back when they started and they seem like they're maybe not as fucked up um i will say this at their peak they i think he he did do some good stuff but like the whole time he was like always you know up his own ass and that was always painfully clear um but yeah you know uh i i think they did some good stuff and the fact that they've made so many terrible decisions is infinitely fascinating so i'm kind of curious is there going to be a redemption arc are they going to somehow figure it out or are they going to like you know be forced to go work at an amazon warehouse it seems like i've seen this continually it's what i call fame madness like there's like a rise and like a stability that famous people get and what i think happens is like you get to a point where you have now too much time like for me, I would love to have as much time in the world just to enjoy my life. But every time I see like famous people, like it seems to happen almost all the time. Someone gets crazy famous, and you can tell they have more and more freedom. And once they hit this like moment, like like there's a madness that hits where they start wilding about, and like they can't take maybe having too much freedom or something like that. Well, or maybe it's the fear of irrelevance. Mm. maybe but um because like i wouldn't you know the fact that you haven't heard them just shows that you know it's still they weren't famous famous they were like mildly internet famous or at least an internet personality um but uh, at the same time uh, you know they they did well but not like quite well enough to do whatever they wanted and it is just like infinitely amusing to me that like somebody could have like such a great opportunity where they could basically almost do whatever they wanted but didn't mm-hmm. have like the work ethic or the ambition to like, you know, kind of push themselves beyond. And now they just seem to be like destroying it, making every decision, despite, you know, all their old fans telling them this, this is terrible. This is not why I si- sub to you. And, and like making this like terrible content that seems like it's appealing to, you know, juggalos or, or people who are like, you know, former juggalos who want something more extreme. Are you okay? You made me a little curious as to what this person, like, I, I kind of want to check out, like, 
a couple of their videos to see like the progress of like who they were and make like well, what took them in the direction that they ended up going. It's a really. But I also hope I don't end up like clicking on their video <laughs> and then say like all of a sudden like YouTube's like oh you want more alt right like ah. No, no, no. <laughs> Because I don't know if I had to describe them as alt-right, but, um, you know, at this point, they're, they're definitely alt-right adjacent because, uh, you know, there's a lot of alt-right personalities. But uh, I'll see if I can dig some stuff for you up. Um, all right. Uh, just because now all the the good videos they made, unless they've been archived by someone else and uh, uploaded, are, you know, can't be found. Uh, and they might be, like, uh, unlisted so you can still see them. But it's just this – at the very least, I, I will send you the um, – a link to the uh, horribly embarrassing white trash fight and maybe some of their older stuff. Uh, just, just, just like <laughs> it's, it's so I'll, terrible. I'll give it a look, but when it comes, it, it, so does anyone real life get hurt? Because if if I see real life people get hurt, that always just like it triggers me. I'm like ah. Uh, Are they just foolish and like you know no one gets hurt and they're a bunch of dumbasses? I mean, or do, do, so do they escalate to like? Hmm? That's a good question. Because, like, from the tussle, nobody got hurt, hurt. It was just, like, really mm-hmm. embarrassing. But, I mean, you could say, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 like, the, the horrible reputation that, um, you know, that they've destroyed is, like, hurting their lives. But, uh, you know, it's also mm-hmm. all self-inflicted. So, who, who knows? I, I don't wish anyone any ill will, but I am glad that uh, he that this is not a person who just hit some kind of, like, level of fame where they can just keep doing it. No, and no. Never fail. I, I guess maybe that's another reason why I'm um, addicted to this story is that, like, they're not famous enough that they can just kind of continue. They can't be like a Robert Downey Jr. or a Charlie Sheen where they have enough money to just keep on messing up without anyone to punish them. Reality is going to hit hard. (laughs) You know, RVs are expensive to rent or to buy. So, you know, at this point, I I don't see how they have the money to do that. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) All right. Let's get into more positive stuff. The Justice League. <laughs> Woo! All right. All right, guys. Okay, so we're going to pause this one more time. Not pause. Stop in a couple moments. And we will see you on the side once you listen to this trailer for, I have, like, Godzilla vs. King Kong on the brain. Like, I feel like we're, that's what we're about to talk about. Uh, so I got to remember that. No, we're about to review Zack Snyder's Justice League. The bells been rung. I'm in the dark. like a premonition. I think there's an attack coming. My lord, this world will fall. I need warriors. I'm building an alliance to defend ourselves. How do you know your team's strong enough? If you can't bring down the charging bull and don't wave the red cape at it, You were sent here for a reason. 
path it takes you the rest of your life. Find out what that reason is. They said the age of heroes will never come again. Where honor is a distant memory. Isn't that right? Batman. All right. And we're back. We are here to take on the Justice League themselves. Before we get into the movie, I want to go around the table and, like, uh, see... Like, what's your past with the Justice League? And I'd like to go first, if that's okay with everyone else. Go for it. Well, <clears throat> the Justice League starts with me uh, thinking, uh, why don't we see Superman and Batman together? And the Super Friends came out. And, dude, I'm positive. That was like my Game of Thrones back in the day. I loved it. I saw Robin and Batman and Superman. And they're all on the same screen. And then, even as a kid, I was kind of wondering, why are the black superheroes... Not, not, not as cool. Why, why, why is their costumes a little weird? Like Black Vulcan, for some reason, didn't get to wear t- tights around his legs, which is just, it's it really off. Like, and then, um, then there's like, they, they made a big deal in Superman Friends, challenges for Friends is when it turned into that, where Darkseid was the main bad guy, and, uh, he's always trying to marry Wonder Woman. <laughs> and, uh, then they had this special thing, like, oh my God, guys, guys, black superheroes coming. Like, oh, all right, cool, you know? It'd be cool if like, we could get something that maybe looked as cool as a Superman or a Batman. A cyborg! I'm like, first thing that comes to my mind, even as a child, is like, does he have a dick? Is it... Did, did, did it be blown off? Wait, why would anyone want this to be a superhero? Wait, what's going... Ah! And then, like, yeah, every episode Cyborg was on, like, I was always just kind of, like, sour. Like, so this is it. This is This is progress. Okay. Um... I don't want to get too long into my super friend's past, uh, but the big, like, when uh, JLA was huge. Did you guys read JLA? Oh, uh, no. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, in the 90s, for comic books, I, I like, uh, it was X-Men, 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 all day X-Men. And then it was always weird to me that there wasn't a uh, comic book equivalent of Superman at the time. And then, yeah, JLA came out. And it was some of the greatest comic books I ever read. Finally, we have the big heroes together. And I'm, I was surprised it took that long. And then the cartoons came out. Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. Uh, huge fan. So, yeah, uh, I was ready for some Justice League, which everyone ended up hating. Um, Matt, what's your past with the Justice League? Uh, you know, I, I've, I've been an Aquaman fan since I was a little kid. And uh, when I when I was a little kid, I didn't understand that everybody thought that he was lame, and <laughs> and maybe maybe back then in the eighties that people didn't feel that way as much as they did subsequently. Uh, mm-hmm. But I attribute a lot of that thought that he's lame to the the Super Friends cartoon. But if we're being perfectly honest, the Super Friends cartoon really was pulling a lot from those original Aquaman comics in regard to his powers and his capabilities. 
because in those original Aquaman comics, he wasn't all that powerful. But again, <laughs> the power of most superheroes has scaled up um, over the last few decades considerably. Like, you know, when he first came out, Superman was nowhere near as powerful as he is now, or pretty much. Well, yeah, he was. Was he? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, it, it, like uh, the thing, like when they first came out, everybody like Superman's powers were out of fucking control because they just wrote whatever they wanted, right? So he could like throw planets, and and it was just like nothing to him. But then in the nineties, there was like an event, and then they're like, yeah, like it's too hard to write for Superman. So like I remember in the magazine, they were like talking about like how original Superman could you know blow out a sun and not blink. Uh, now modern Superman. Uh, he can lift a mountain, but he'll break a sweat while doing it, oh. which was kind of cool to read. But then he went back to uh, he's powerful as he wants to be. Oh, anyway, interesting. Well, I always kind of think of like the original Superman is just like that um, is his original intro. You know, fast as a speeding bullet, you can leap over a mm-hmm. building in a single bound. You, that's not very impressive, as far as if those are nope. if those are his big feats. You know that's not real good because like <laughs> oh yeah when we very first yeah. first came out yeah he couldn't even fly he could just jump he could just jump exactly and then then he got more and more powerful then they had to scale him back um, mm-hmm. you know so anyway uh, so I I was really soured on Super Friends for a long time because I always kind of thought of that as making Aquaman look really really bad um, mm-hmm. and I also feel like people who still make fun of Aquaman I mean it's fine people want to make fun of him it's not like I'm close personal friends with Arthur Curry but <laughs> like to me it does it does seem like low hanging fruit at this point like I do believe I do kind of see it if you're really gonna uh, you know what I'm not gonna say it I'm not gonna say it uh, I'll say it. No, all right, I'll say I it. Say I, I find it to be low hanging fruit at this point to make fun of Aquaman. It, it is the, is, the realm, and it's the same people. It's the same people who, like, I'm sorry, the people who do this, like, they don't get Aquaman. They don't want to. They they get like what pop culture says. Exactly. It's the same people who ruin Superman's costume by getting rid of the red trunks because they don't really get like you know character design. It's, yeah, anyway. it's the realm. I, I I find Aquaman bashing to be the realm of the casual. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh boy. Uh, so anyway, uh, but yeah, I'm cool with. I know comic books. Yeah, I know comic I'm books. Pushing, Aquaman's it, lame, right? <laughs> sure. Uh, and I, is, I, I sure was is. pushing the glasses up on my nose as I said that. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I mean, but like, I'm down with the Justice League, and um, yeah, for, for and my my favorite, like I said a million times already, was Aquaman, and um, I'm gonna leave it at that. Cool, Isaac. What's your um, passion? So, I, of course, watch. I wasn't say I'm the biggest Super Friends fan, but to me, the definitive uh, Justice League is still like the Bruce Tim Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Uh, for me, that will always be the canon DC universe. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more like um, familiar with like the comic storylines via like cultural osmosis than like things that I've read explicitly but you know obviously there have been like many great uh, storylines featuring the Justice League like uh, Kingdom Come and you could say that like some of the DC's like biggest most epic uh, storylines are always cosmic shattering and the Justice League is at the center and, and honestly at the end of the day mm-hmm. you know if you had two choices um, some supernatural terror is attacking you who would you rather have the Avengers or the Justice League just based on the name 
Oh yeah, definitely. Justice of course, League. because yeah. they're gonna of meet course. out justice. It's the League of Justice. The Avengers is like, we'll we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll get them after your house is uh, blown up or your mom's dead. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll avenge. Uh, we'll do our best. We'll, we'll we'll do our best to you know make sure that uh, mole man <laughs> you know who took away your arm and you know shot off your dick. Yeah, we're we're gonna serve him. <laughs> the, the justice. Yeah. Like Stark says in, in Endgame, we're we're the Avengers, not the Prevengers, right? <laughs> oh, no, Prevengers. <laughs> Exactly. So the Justice League to me is always like the iconic, the definitive superhero team, the the dream that everyone should have been aspiring for, uh, the thing that Warner Brothers. So for me, like uh, the, the Bruce team is like the gold standard for having something that's for kids, but that doesn't talk down to kids. And that's like what kind of like yeah. elevates like really great animated mm. storytelling from you know, just, you know, we're here to, like, sell you, you fucking pieces of plastic crap and toy lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then, Tony. I'm actually with Isaac on feelings. this one. Um, mm-hmm. To be perfectly honest, the, the, the Bruce Tim, the animated universe, is what made me give a shit about DC to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't I wasn't that big on Superman. I wasn't that I, I was bigger on Batman than Superman, but I hated Superman. And I, I think we discussed this back during the BVS podcast. I hated Superman the way he was pre- the way he was presented, especially in films, because they made him too perfect. It, he, he didn't have he, he didn't have a shred of of weakness anywhere on him. And he could just do anything. He could do everything. It's why I gravitated towards Marvel g- coming up. Because they were more relatable to mm-hmm. me, but when like when Superman the animated series came around, it it sparked something in me because I was like, "Wow, Supes can actually get his ass kicked, really." So what else is there? And it it showed me it it actually opened up the the DC comic universe to me more because I wanted to find out. I, I started to discover. It, it changed my, my perspective on those heroes because it wasn't just that they were powerful. It was just what it was their, their mindset. Like, like what do these guys have to do? Like what, what does a God for all intents and purposes, what goes through his or her mind as they're, as they're living up to their Godhood and then in the, in the face of, of the people that look up to them. You know, what does it mean to be a hero? What does it mean to be to have these powers? What does it mean to, to be able to do all these things? You know, um, what choices do you have to make? Do you understand why you have to make those choices? Um, the animated universe, especially when it, when it comes to Justice League and Unlimited, it was the first time I got to see them go into all that. And like Isaac said, it they did it in a way that didn't talk down to their audience, like no matter what age you were. And I appreciated that. And it made me appreciate mm-hmm. that that universe a lot more. It's so, like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I just want to. Can I, I add something to that thought? Go, go for it. Um, uh, yeah. And, and as you said, you know, that they don't talk down to the audience. It's that really rare quality of storytelling um, that's probably the hardest to write for that, like, what Pixar excels at that's, like, ostensibly it's designed for children, but it doesn't talk down to its audience. So it's basically something that almost anyone can enjoy. It's, like, the broadest, mm-hmm. widest possible thing. Hmm. All right. All right. So then, um, we gonna start uh, going at the actual movie. What's uh, how? How do we start this? Uh, I think that's gonna be up to you, bud. All right, then I will frame this as asking 
Isaac first. What is uh do you see both movies, uh, the Justice League? And yes, the Zach I have League? seen Justice League and I have seen Zack League, and I just finished watching Zack League a few minutes before we started filming because uh, originally I was supposed to watch it with my buddy Jimmy, but Jimmy's like one of those people where it's like uh, you know he keeps on pushing things off, so it's like I, I told you we got to see this before the, 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 the podcast. All right, fuck it. Uh, here's my HBO Max subscription. I'm, I'm going to see it, so I'm fully prepared. Um, so <laughs> Justice League, uh, my my thought on it, um, the D- Justice League is that like I don't hate it as much as everyone else does you know i think it's watchable i think it's like a solid uh c plus b minus but i think the reason why it gets like so shit upon is that it doesn't feel triumphant it doesn't feel like a culmination you don't feel that sense of electricity (coughs) it feels like corporately mandated (coughs) and uh, honestly like for what should be just like either a monumental superhero film or another superhero film, there's like so much freaking drama <laughs> that, that, that like the, the making of the Justice League is far more interesting th- than even the Zack Snyder movie. And, and like you know, did you hear that Chris Terrario interview recently with the Hollywood Reporter, where mm. he just basically uh, no. the, the the screenwriter basically talks about how pissed he was about how he felt like everyone was throwing him under the bus, saying like, "Who wrote this like terrible dialogue?" And he's like, oh, "I wow. won an Oscar." How, how how dare you? Uh, when they came in here, uh-huh. they originally... I, I'm just giving him like a, an ethnic accent just because that's how I imagine him being an artsy type. I, I don't know if this is true, but mm-hmm. uh, from my impressionation of Chris Terrario... Um, you know, when they came in for Batman vs. Superman, they originally wanted it to be much darker. I was the one who fought for him having a redemption arc. It was the most obvious thing. And they talk like I'm a terrible screenwriter. I wrote Argo. Ben Affleck brought me into this. And it's a really interesting piece. And it just kind of goes to show you that, like, this was not – this should have been the culmination of an entire universe uh, in the best of scenarios, uh, but because of corporate interference of a company that desperately wanted to replicate the success of Marvel and uh, getting mm-hmm. a person who they thought was the job but not committing to that, uh, and then you, it just seems like everyone was miserable on all sides. Ray Fisher, uh, like, it's really interesting to hear the, the interview with him um, in terms of, like, because, like, from my reading of it, it, it sounds like it wasn't like people were, like, explicitly racist, but he got the royal treatment because originally with uh, Zack Snyder and Chris Terrario, they built the, 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 the Snyder cut with him as, like, the focal point, and, you know, they, they were going to kill two birds with one stone. They were going to have, like, him be the emotional heart of the movie, and they were also going to have, like, you know, the first, like, major black superhero or at least the tentpole black superhero there's obviously been plenty of black superheroes mm-hmm. before despite what some people think you know we've had blade we'd have <laughs> blank man we, we, we've had a few others but the idea was that like this was going to be that first tentpole black superhero so they spent a lot of time making sure he had a great arc he he was basically treated really well in the movie he had like all the heavy lifting it was supposed to be like his breakout thing but then what happened is because you know there was uh, so much corporate sabotage and doubting about Zack Snyder, then the, the unfortunate passing of his daughter, that Josh Whedon came in, and, and Josh Whedon, you could tell it was just like a paycheck, and the, you know, he, he was still miserable about Age of Ultron, and he was just pissy, uh, and probably not great to work with, so, you know, he, he wasn't, it doesn't sound like he was necessarily, like, you know, 
a KKK racist, but more just like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I made a billion dollars in the Avengers. Please, you know, I have this thankless job. Just let me write it and, and do what I, what I did before or try to do the best I can with the material Zack Snyder gave me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had... So, yeah, they, he, he got put into a situation... Like, a lot of the problems people are having, yeah, I'm seeing executive merching orders and seeing, like, creatives go in there and do the best they job they can with it. Like, uh, it even opens up with... Um, that opening is Joss Whedon. It's not from Zack Snyder. And I kind of like it because uh, th- there's this apologetic feeling in there which i thought was an apology from Zack snyder for how much people hate batman versus superman and like you know like the camera uh, goes past this homeless homeless person and he has this uh, sign next to him that says i tried <laughs> so i I'm, I'm, I'm not even joking i'm pretty sure that uh joss Whedon knew what the fuck he did and like yeah he's like yeah i'm putting this art out into the world i tried yeah. um next on the list tony um, what's your general feelings of Justice League and Justice League Zack? Exactly. Justice League, eh, not my favorite, but it wasn't terrible. It's watchable. Uh, I, I put it maybe C average, C plus. Um, it, it, it got the job done. Uh, the, I, the biggest argument I have against it is that the moments overall just didn't feel earned to me. And I, mm-hmm. I just looking back on the production now, I, I just the behind the scenes stuff. I understand why, but it it doesn't really change how it comes across to me. Um, mm-hmm. A lot, a lot right. of the big moments, they they just don't feel like they were earned. All right. Do you have anything else to say? Um. Oh, like you know, first impressions on the movies. Uh, nothing that we really can't get into as as we talk as we as we talk about the Snyder Cut more. Cool. What, what, oh, All right, Matt. So, like, uh, get your thought up. What? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you know, honestly, pretty similar. Uh, I actually, I, I just watched uh, the Snyder Cut yesterday, and the Joss Whedon one. I, I I saw that when it first came out, and I did not rewatch it for this, but. Uh, what I can say is my general feeling from it, which is pretty similar to what everybody else has been saying. I remember enjoying it, but I also walked away unsatisfied. And a lot of the moments did feel like they weren't quite earned, but it still had a lot of you know great tentpole scenes and whatnot. And uh, and it seems like we're kind of waiting on discussing our thoughts for the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what's happening? <laughs> Yep, exactly. yep. Once I finish my my uh, general takes on the movies, then we'll just go through our notes. Oh, okay. Well, rock, rock and roll. Then. So I will, I will hold I will hold off my judgment for the one I watched yesterday. But uh, yeah, there you have it. Gotcha. Although just to just so, to add a little addendum mm-hmm. to the Justice Week, you know, some of the additions I think were like actually legitimately good. Like some people defend against it, but I, I really like the scene where um, you know the Flash is kind of inexperienced, and then um, you know Batman goes up to him yep. and says, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I, I I just push people, and he says, save one, just, just save one, just save and, one. And you'll, yeah, that's like a great little piece of Batman mentorship dialogue. It's a great little character moment. Uh, 
And yep, development. Yeah, for and, the and the development for the Flash. Like you know, I love that moment. I love. I, I enjoyed the uh, Aquaman sitting on the lasso of truth. It's a cute little comedy beat. Uh, you know, yeah. he, mm-hmm. he had the most thankless job in terms of like coming up with something that was completely not very character driven, as like his work is. Because like the brilliance about Josh Whedon, uh, you know, uh, is that like he's really great with like snippy dialogue and characters bouncing off of each other, which is why mm-hmm. like he was mm-hmm. able to like sell. The Avengers. The Avengers is like not the best shot movie. The first half an hour feels like an extended Agents of Shield episode, but like once the characters start interacting and then it's like fireworks of dialogue as they play off of each other, you know, that's what you needed to sell it. And the Justice League did not was not built around that. So mm. and you right. know, so the, 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 yeah, some people say, "Oh, Josh Whedon ruined it with all his terrible jokes," but uh, you know, he, uh, nope. I don't think so. I think he made a lot of decent additions, but it was it was the kind of situation where the only way to like make it work for him would be to uh, reshoot everything from scratch. Yeah. All right. All right. My take. Um, I'm like the only person on the planet that really. Uh, oh, I'll say I uh, after free, when I saw it in the first theater Justice League, I loved it. Uh, I I'll go that far. Um, so. Uh, and then watching all these again, I'm seeing, you know, the big problem, which we talked about in the last podcast, which is like people wanted like the real DC universe. They wanted mm-hmm. them to take their fucking time, make some real good movies before they got to this point. They skipped to the end of the line and you can see that and feel it. For me though, then I'm like, I'm already in an acceptance stage of, well, this is where we are. So. Um, without being like Marvel and like, you know, actually earning your way here, what do I get to enjoy? And, uh, I had a really good time. Like, um, a lot of it didn't make sense, but I am a mark for, uh, Superman. I, I make so many passes, give so many passes to DC, uh, because I just love seeing Superman stand tall and be kind to people. So, like, when it opened with, like, his weird lip, like, uh, I also have a weird thing with special effects. I don't care if it's bad special effects. Um, I I never care. Uh, it's, for me, like, if I see bad special effects, that just means I have to use my imagination, and I have no problem with that. Um, so, the first Justice League, I had a great time. Uh, I went with my girlfriend at the time, and, like, she was bubbling, because, like, she she didn't uh, know the references, references that were coming, so I had got to enjoy, like, the newness with her. So, like, that moment where, like, you know, the Flash takes off while they're fighting Superman, and Superman uh. turns his head, she screamed, I screamed. It was so much fun. <laughs> Wait, did you did you not like that moment? That moment was amazing. Okay, that's good. Just, no, yeah, yeah, just, like, like oh, she, she... So good. Like, sitting next to a person who doesn't know it's gonna happen. Like, they, who doesn't know how fast Superman is. Like, so, like, in that moment, you, you yeah, I'm feeling it. Like, she's, she sees it, and, like, yeah, like, what's, what's gonna happen next? And then you, that moment, that reveal, for anyone who doesn't know, Superman can almost keep up with the Flash. Well, and yeah, the, the, the race at the end. Yeah. I had so much fun with Justice League. Um, and then, like, I've been watching a lot of videos about the comparisons between the two, where Joss really did add some good shit that Zach needed, such as um, Bruce Wayne uh, speaking more about how much uh, Clark lived a real life mm-hmm. and was more of a human than he was, and that's why he felt guilty and needed to live up to him. Uh, and then, like, um, yeah, Justice League, I had a good time. I get it. And I see that both movies had good in them and bad in them. Yeah. 
Um, they're both two different experiences and also is a result of two artists who were given marching orders. Like they didn't get to do everything they wanted to do or how they wanted to do it. Like Zack Snyder did the best he could, how he does it. And if we wanted better, we need those executives to say, all right, chill the fuck out. We're going to do at least two Batman movies, at least two Superman movies and, and earn our way there versus then filling in the blanks where we want to be. So that's my take on it. Let's go all out into our notes. Um, Matt, feel free to start us. Um, oh, wow. All right. Uh, so, hmm, gosh, where, where to, where to start? Okay. First thing I'm going to do is I'm, I, as I was watching the movie, I was concerned that a lot of my notes and the things I would say, you, you, do y'all remember that SNL sketch with Chris Farley where he'd be interviewing somebody and he'd be like, Hey, do you remember that, that time you did the, you used your whip yeah. and yeah, that was cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was because I mean I'm, I was, I was cool. just like watching this and I'm like <laughs> that was super cool you know like I was just having a great time but all right let's go let's start with the um uh the fact that they divided up into chapters uh I actually really mm. like that I thought that was fun and I also thought it give it kind of give you a reason or maybe an excuse to divide it up your watching because you're all we're all watching it from home. You know, nobody's going to the theater with this, and it's four hours long. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have four hours to sit there, you can just, like, you know, stop and start at those chapters. So, I don't know. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, um, the long runtime, I'll be honest, kind of liked it. Uh, um, someone pointed out that uh, a guy named Ryan on my Facebook, he, he pointed out how this movie was not a movie. This is an experience. <laughs> and it, really it, it was like a mini, mini-series. Like, the... the yeah, it's like a miniseries. Yeah, like, so, and I want this to happen more. Like, I want to sit down for four hours with something an artist got to go buck right. wild on. And like, this is, they, were, they weren't filling any spots. They weren't trying to appeal to a demographic. They said, I'm crazy. I get four hours. This is what you Right, and this is, this is a note that I made, is this is a movie that knows that it's four hours long and just yep. revels yep. in it. It bathes in it, yep. and um, and it takes its time, and I really did appreciate that. Um, Me too. Yeah, and- um, really quickly on on that point, uh, where it takes its time, uh, there, there there's so many reviews that just shit themselves with hate because it's four hours. But um, <laughs> I'm not sure if we talked. I'm not sure if we, we we've uh, talked about this before, but like I I, I miss the feeling of getting to be there. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm in a fiction, I'm watching a fiction. Stop cutting to the next scene like so fucking quickly. Just chill out, maybe have a, a silent moment, and yeah, like for four hours, I just get to be there. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so I think that I think that's pretty good for a first note. So you know, I got lots more, but cool. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like you know, like uh, we we each kind of like can jump in anytime and then and speak to that note, and maybe it'll take up some of our own notes and stuff. Like oh, that. you you may be um, real, real kind of like um, natural about it. Yep, we're having like a, a, like a conversation. Yep, getting getting natural. <laughs> Having a conversation, yeah. but like you know, we're we're going for yeah, notes, yeah. such as me saying, oh, yeah. "I loved that Superman screen at the uh, at the opening, mm-hmm. uh, even though uh, with like maybe eight seconds of thinking about it, it doesn't make sense." But I let it go because I give him a pass. Yeah, um, I have. 
Yeah, that opening scream where... Oh, yeah. Ah! Well, that was actually one of my notes. I have another... Oh! Heard around the world. Can I say... There are things I Please. really love in the Justice League, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get to them, but I hated the Superman scream heard around the world. Like, to mm-hmm. me, like it just doesn't make any sense in terms of, like, um, how, why is that the trigger for the mother boxes to, to, to summon uh, Steppenwolf? Why do they know... I guess, like, symbolic. No, no, you are completely <laughs> right. Uh, and, 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 like, I, like, so I've been, like, chewing on, like, how do I answer this for myself? And um, no good answers. <laughs> like, and did it irk anybody else besides me that that was basically just a loop of Superman screaming his head off from Man of Steel? Ooh, they they, they use a reuse a lot. I, I didn't know that was from Man of Steel. Yeah, it was the exact same scream after after he snaps Zod's neck. Oh, and they just I, looped it. Awesome! Wow, I had no, I had no idea. <laughs> they they, re, they 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 reuse a lot <laughs> they, they from Man of Steel. Like at the at the, it, the 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 flash forward of like uh, Superman's evil and and uh, a herald of Darkseid and like how he lands and like yo he's ready to take on the Nightmare League. The way he lands is straight up a cut from Man of Steel. They just re-edited it and like digitally that's funny it. Oh, wow. i guess they couldn't get mr cavill back I'll for some adr lines <laughs> pretty much and then like uh the, then there's that scene where like uh superman is on his knees uh and then dark side walks up and puts his hand on his shoulder that was right that was that him right is... before he screamed and man of steel yep that was a shot from there Whoa. and also like i think he was i think that was him with uh uh zod's body in his arms but like they swapped out yeah they, they, re- they reused a lot I could see it too. Like, there's some like I'm watching like the structure of like what I'm seeing unfold, and like um, basically you'll see people who uh, the people who have the most real, real new stuff aren't the biggest actors, so they have more time and are more affordable to shoot more stuff. Like Victor, and I think Amber Heard is also in there, but yeah, like, you'll see stuff where like um, all the extra stuff that's added on, you'll be able to see like. Ah, okay. I, I see this person probably had a little extra time, probably, to jump in here. Uh, one thing I do like um, that Justice Justice League did. There's one line that uh, keeps coming up that I love that Joss Whedon did, uh, where he's talking to Aquaman. Aquaman says, "Strongest man, strongest alone." And then in the Justice League, he has Bruce Wayne say back logically, "No, that's the opposite of what people say," <laughs> and. Uh, that was a, it's a, it's a, per, a perfect rebuttal, and I'm glad that it was in there, but not in the Zach League. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I, I can go Cause on. Because like, <laughs> I, I guess the, like, the idea of like the, the Superman scream being the trigger is like, the greatest protector of uh, Superman, or the greatest protector isn't here anymore, so that's the trigger, but like... Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, Superman is all Superman Thousands. hasn't been there, only been there for like 25, 30 years at most. And, and <laughs> yeah, thousands of years have gone by, guys. Like, Mother Box, if that, if that was what did it. But, like, so what I see is I see the excitement of Zack Snyder, who, uh, as a filmmaker, has just risen up for me. Like, I love this guy. He's kind, he's excited. It, it's fun to watch him go. And I know that he, uh, misguided, was just like, I want to start it with the, the death of Superman. His scream wakes up them. This is how it starts. His <laughs> scream goes across the fucking planet, wakes up the mother boxes, and we go right to the Amazons, and they're like, Hah! and I'm like, I love you, man. I get you. I get you. Uh, this doesn't make sense. 
but the, the the idea of it and like the visual was astounding for me. I felt like I was watching like a real like legend unfolding before me. But then like you know, eight seconds later, like hey guys, you know you don't know i don't know how you should know the kryptonians can get this power level um and he wasn't there a thousand seats i'll let it go guys i'll let it go because i'm i'm unfairly giving you guys passes that i don't give other <laughs> fiction so that's how i ended up like the the moment like i said like um there's been throughout all the dc movies i give them passes because they keep having these moments that hit me emotionally genuinely like 1984 uh wonder woman white was a fucking dog shit movie but it did make me cry uh, twice because I found the, the scene of her flying and her renouncing her wish beautiful, but they didn't make any sense. Well, well so <laughs> speaking of, like, powerful moments, and, like, that's why I think Zack Snyder is, like, a great storyteller, but, like, uh, not a great st- writer, or at least he needs, like, yes. like um, one of the best moments, I think, in the, in the film is the Flash turning back time moment. Like that, mm, I have a big, I have a big problem with that. <laughs> oh, one I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear what that is because I, I just thought that was like cinematically brilliant. I love the track, the uh, speed of force, uh, yeah, like you know, uh, break your rule, break your rule, go past your limit. That to me feels like the big <sighs> operatic, over the top like moment that like y- you know uh, it makes you go yeah hell yeah and uh, yeah me too, that's what I said. But so. I um I, I didn't want to think about it too much. There's a thing that's been happening with like the, I think almost all DC movies that is huge and and like takes away a gigantic. So like I want to like set the bat for uh, Man of Steel and Wonder Woman and even Justice League. This Justice League, but they do a huge thing for me that ruins a movie that I I kept to let go. Which is um, I know what you're gonna say. Uh, <laughs> closing your yep. eyes and just hitting the win button. You didn't earn it. You didn't sacrifice anything. You didn't. You didn't learn anything to figure out that you could do this at the end. If you don't do that and you just win, I start to like go, oh shit, oh shit. Because like, so like Man of Steel. I'm like, I love that. I do love that movie. And like, every soundtrack should be able to live up to that. And like, I'm ready to put my defending pants on. And then we get to that part where. He goes to that world-changing engine, and like everything leaning up says, "Oh my God, Superman! That thing's putting out Kryptonian atmosphere. You can't, you won't have the power to take that on." And he's like, "Oh, I have to do it." And I'm like, "Oh man, Superman, we gotta figure out. No, this is gonna be awesome." And then he just goes underneath it, and he just he just does it. He just blows it up. He didn't figure anything out. He didn't do anything special. He just blew it up. And then Wonder Woman. Oh shit! I'm like, Wonder Woman, oh, man. I'm glad we're back together. Like in the eighties, me and you used to have lots of adventures with the original one. I, I love some new block stuff and I'm having a good time with this fantasy world war one. Uh, world world I can't remember. But yeah, fantasy world war one. Let's do this. And then there was always something eating at me. I was having a conversation. I was like, why, why is there something that seems like it's that, that, that they didn't land it. And like, yeah, I watched the ending and her taking out Aries. Like she's just kind of, uh, I don't know. She didn't figure anything out. She uh, got to a point in the movie where she could just win. And that's the thing that, like, the Flash now. Like, I'm so sorry, everyone. Like, I want, I, while it was happening, I was like, <clears throat> Keith, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think you figured that out. I think it's just happening. I'm like, shut up, shut up. This is beautiful. Oh, man. He's turning back time and he's running so fast. Who knows what could happen? And you 
didn't lose anything. He didn't have a chance to lose anything. He didn't sacrifice anything. Oh God. Oh God. Well, well, <laughs> that was cool. And that's that's where I am with the ending. Like I don't want to admit to myself that that's a problem because I liked how it looked a lot. But okay, now I'm gonna ask. He didn't sacrifice question. anything. He should have had to die. He he should have had to die at the end of it. If he died at the end of it, and he knew he was going to do it, then you, then we got something. He, he, he lost nothing. He just got to win. So I'm going to ask you a question, a, a counter question, because this was this was actually on my mind when it, when I watched this for the first that, that moment for the first time. Did you have mm-hmm. a problem with the whole turning back time thing? Did you have a problem when Superman did it in his in the original movie from back in the 70s? Because I did. And it was for that exact same reason. First off, the absolute absurdity of the way he did it will never will never sit well with me. Love flying it. flying but backwards around the Earth enough time to spin right. it on its axis, and that turns back time. Right. And he just and he just happens to be able to do this. I, I I can't get with that. So I have not been able to resolve that with myself, but I love it because, like, uh, 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 I'm gonna get deep on you guys. Sorry. Um, <laughs> It, like yeah, the, the camera's on Christopher Reeves and it's silent. It's silent. It's silent. And like his father's like, don't fucking do that shit, man. You can't, you know, mess with her. The course of history, man. Don't do it. And like, like the anguish and rage that hits him so hard. Like I remember as a child going, holy shit! Like Superman got to that level of sadness and rage. Like, what does it even feel like? And like, yeah, I've unfortunately had tragedies in my life where I'm like, oh, that's what it feels like. So like, I guess like, I, yeah, I can't justify it, but the, the emotional payoff I think was like, yeah, and my love of like Christopher Reeves Superman, like, and then like, uh, in my head, I, uh, explained the flying flow as a kid, like, oh yeah, of course, if you turn the earth backwards, that makes sense. But for me, like now, like, uh, I, I, I quant, I, I, I call, I, I explain it by saying that Superman's so fucking fast that um he's not turning the earth backwards he's changing the quantum state of uh the planet and uh turning that backwards which made me think hmm, is this is this universe wide or is this localized to the planet the solar system i wonder how this works anyway that's my take on it again i was just curious because because that that was a thought that was yeah. running in my head when i when i saw it when i saw this in the justice league you know, if if we if we can if we can accept it here, why can't we why couldn't we accept it from back then? Or why do we accept it then but not here? It's like it just it just it just things I'm I'm chewing on. Yeah, uh, I mean I think yeah. standards change over yeah. time. That's for sure. And and we all kind of have to decide when are we gonna draw the line? You know, in in these, in these oh, fantasy here. movies. But uh, I can answer it. I can answer oh, it now. All right. The difference. The difference is this. Um. So we saw a challenge and I think we saw Superman fail it. Like the man of steel who can do anything in the universe and, and like then he feels helpless when he gets to face mortality because that's something he can't do. And I, I think that in that moment, all we saw was like the culmination of like his hurt of like losing his father and losing the woman he loves and it wasn't about like a, a logical thing that can happen, but like uh, Superman giving into weakness. So there's just so much like emotional whatnot going on there versus like uh, this Flash where we haven't seen him have to struggle through loss or then like, you know, the people who are blowing up in, in his face, like it'd be cool if like 
you know, boom, the world goes up. And like the first thing he does is look to the side and we see a cut to his father and he runs to his father maybe. And his father's like, ah! and that's where he does it. Like, you know, there's no emotional, it, it's, it's visual emotion versus like story earned emotion. Well, yeah, it makes sense. And yeah. I, so. Yeah, and I, I, it it makes more sense now, like what you were, what you guys were talking about for uh, earlier, uh, particularly you, Keith, about how how they gave. It feels like they gave Flash a bit more room to kind of grow as a character and as a hero, and and the, and the Justice League versus this one, where he, yes, where, it, it where it's just like, okay, I can do this, so I'm going to do this, but there's no real. There's no real lead up to this as far as why I should be doing this and why, you know, apart apart from just, okay, I said earlier in the movie that I wasn't going to do this, but we don't know why. And we don't, there was nothing within his character in the, in the Snyder cut that was established that says, okay, it's this point that I'm going to make the choice to do this and here's why and here's why it matters. Well, well you know, it's, here, here's yep, my it's, my defense. Yeah. You know, if, if Keith gets to defend the, the, the fucking mother boxes, then I'm going to go out on a limb for this baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't defended the mother boxes, I don't think, so but I might. Like, to, to me, like, alright, you're right. If there was, like, a, like the best shonen storytelling is where the character has some sort of greater pivot and that leads to a transformation power up and they mm-hmm. beat up whatever the hell the demon uh, Superman or whatever they're fighting here. And, and they're really... They're, Lose my mind. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're the best. When they're, they're executed, they're hard to execute um, because it takes... A, but, you mm-hmm. know, when you do it, then you, you have a hundred million selling manga. You're, you're it's the king of the world. Um, and for this, it doesn't quite hit that level, but at the same time, I, I'd argue that, like, the Flash's overall arc is that he, he, he doesn't really fit in you know wonder woman's this badass warrior aquaman's the ultimate bro uh he's just like a dweeb he's the closest thing we have to an audience surrogate but he has this incredible power but he's never been forced to like go to that extreme push himself beyond that limit and here you have this great circumstances because we always have like the world obliterating beam the, the the bullshit trash in the sky as will smith said in suicide squad and then the worst case scenario even mm-hmm. superman isn't uh there enough the world is being blown up in the unity dark side's gonna come and conquer it all and nobody can do anything about it everyone's about to be obliterated and for a split second the flash sees that it is all on you you are the only one who has something that can change it. And then he's forced to go past his limit, break his rule, uh, and go beyond plus ultra. And he's got that awesome soundtrack. So yes, you're right. Narratively, it's not as justified as it could be, but I'd say that like the music, uh, the direction and the visuals do the heavy lifting to make it be like, holy shit. Oh, it's so cool. And and even, (laughs) even now, I, I, Mm -hmm. Uh, really quickly, I, I think all of you are doing what I'm doing and giving it a pass. <laughs> like I, I'm like like I, 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 if if uh, if I wanted to take this movie down, I could be harder on it. But I want to let it go. I'm like uh, everything that leads up to my head. I'm like, oh god, no. Like, he, like uh, Mahler, uh, I love that reviewer dude. Um, and he was the one who actually like his review made me go, Keith. I know it's in your head. Nope, I'm, I'm about to say it. This, this he hit the wind button, Keith. Stop! Stop acting like you didn't see that happen. And then, like, ah, uh, uh, shoot, my brain farted. And I, I yeah, um, kind of going along with what Isaac was, was saying about the because uh, mm-hmm. this is this is I was going to make a very similar point. The, the Flash is one thousand percent. 
the audience surrogate for this movie. And so I think that a lot of that build up or explanation you want is sort of it's substituted for the fact that like that is the person that we are getting brought along on the ride with. And so it is okay. then automatically emotionally more impactful if this person that we are really sinking with emotionally is the one that has that like big move at the end. Uh, still right. doesn't oh, so explain it. And maybe all he would have needed was just like a little bit of like a little training montage or something where he says like, ah, you know, I'm yeah, not supposed anything. to go the speed of light or the, over that because crazy shit will happen. Me. Yeah. That's, just a little bit. If, if, but, okay. So uh, Mahler said that, uh, Always, like I said, I'm, I'm undoing like my love of this scene. I actually do love it, but I'll be honest, and I'm not gonna hide from myself. So the, the, he said, he said, like what we saw the Flash do was what every single person would do. If you have a button that allows you to win and not let everybody die, everyone die, like everyone hits that button. You're not. There's no choice. There's no like. So like we we need a we needed a scene that explains the limits of um of his mm-hmm. speed and like. You go beyond the speed of light and like maybe like the physics answer of that's impossible and you just knock yourself out of existence. So like if he if he sees the moment where he's like, oh, shit, either I kill myself or I save my dad and everyone, then you earn it. Yeah. But you just hit the one button. and Everything was fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> why'd you guys make me say this well, out loud? Right. Yes. 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 Oh, no. And, and let's stop. And we stop. And we're back. <laughs> lots, 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 lots of glitching this episode. But uh, we soldier on. We're doing it. Where were we left off? Where, what was going on? Uh, we were we were really we were hammering away at that flash oh, scene at the near, ending. Near the end. Um, but I will I will provide us with a segue. Uh, mm-hmm. So Isaac, you had brought up you brought up Flash's theme. Uh, yeah, and. You know, and, and and for me, like the theme that that I can always remember really well is Wonder Woman's. Uh, <laughs> well, mm-hmm. it is it is extremely prominent when the Wonder Woman theme starts playing. Um, not that I dislike it, but I found that of all the themes, that that was the one that really stuck with me. And the rest, of them, does Batman even have a theme? I don't know if he has one mm, in the Snyder one. I don't think he has a distinctive theme like he did in. That's crazy. <laughs> That's how come um, how come we got like one one for sure maybe two characters with like prominent themes and then the rest of them come I, I don't know whatever because Batman never got a solo movie yet I mean that's fair but I find that to be a real a real cop out like yeah it's not yeah. a good reason give, but give them I think a, that's yeah, like but I think you might be now right. that you bring it to attention like Wonder Woman had one made for her movies Batman had one for his and then in the Justice League um, they used the Tim Burton. Uh, Music cue for Batman oh, I that I loved. I don't even remember that, but that's awesome. But still, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Tim Burton Batman theme, uh, excuse me, the uh, Danny Elfman Batman theme, like mm-hmm. Chef's Kiss. But let's get th- let's get this man a new theme. <laughs> Agreed. Um, <laughs> speaking to the soundtrack in general, uh, I don't notice soundtracks usually, uh, and I did not like this one. The soundtrack for Justice League was better, and once again, like the height to me was man of steel and i was like why aren't we continually to 
hit those heights for all of your DC movies. Man you know? of Steel did have a really good theme. Like, there's this beautiful mashup I love where it, um, I think it, I used it in that video where I did the DC Universe pitch, where it's like a mashup of the Man of Steel theme with the Christopher Reeves theme, and it's like the most beautiful, epic thing. Um, and some of the music, like, I think the Flash's new theme is, like, fantastic. And uh, the, cla- you know, the Wonder Woman, although I don't know why, you know, uh, Zack Snyder didn't use the, uh, you know, the Wonder Woman theme that everyone loves. <laughs> <laughs> why, why was it like every time Wonder Woman comes on, it's like the 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 wailing? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, she's coming. <laughs> what what if it's um running out of time? Like so, like they're not thinking about the soundtrack is too much, and and like I said, that soundtrack isn't so good. So uh, maybe I'll say I want to be insulting and say laziness. <laughs> But maybe that's the word. I, I, maybe uh, they're like, "Fuck it, man! Do do the theme again." <laughs> what else? What else are we gonna play right now? What, what else makes sense right now? Well, I, I, I know. Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just put the fucking but, but yodel, yodel, yodel. Let's okay, go, fine, go, fine. Go. All right, I'm gonna get get fuck. Put on your yodeling pants. We're doing it again. I want to shoot Nightmare League already. <laughs> I, I mean, you uh, could have used like the you know mixed up a little bit. Had the uh, you know the classic Wonder Woman, the one that everyone loves. I, I don't know why you defaulted to the. The, the pretentious wailing because uh, yeah mm-hmm. but i mean that's not are you talking about the 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 justice league now no i was talking the, about the uh, snyder cut the snyder cut is the, also, i think the justice league does use the wonder woman um you know the no, they, the wonder woman theme oh yeah but no i mean i think the uh the snyder cut used the the one you're talking about the one with the guitars and stuff D- does it um, I, I feel like it does the, yeah, the amazon little. wailing way more than it's the guitar one one flows to next sometimes. <laughs> it flows, it flows, yeah. But it's like, yeah, there's certainly the wailing. And by the way, a lot of creepy singing in this movie. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. What's with all the creepy singing? Oh, like the uh, the lady singing for Aquaman? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I forgot about that. That <laughs> was just, that was depressing. I'm like, what is watching, happening? I watch it, I watched the movie twice, and each time that scene comes by, for some reason, it works for me. Like, it's just like when you're in the, uh, the feel of yeah. the, uh, Zack Snyder experience. I don't dislike uh, it. I don't dislike it, but I'm just sort of like, what is with all this creepy singing? Like, this is, there, it was certainly a theme, and it was throughout the movie. And granted, I think, like, mm-hmm. you, oh, you have a thought? Go ahead with your thought. Cause, mm. I was just saying that, uh, I think, I think Zack Snyder might be a, either still or formerly a Catholic Christian. (laughs) And his music sounds a lot like creepy, sad church music that we used to sing back in the day. I get it. uh, Okay. um, Yeah. And there's a lot of themes and and imagery like that. And like how he talks is kind of like, I think like that's what we're experiencing. Creepy, sad Catholic music. That that doesn't make sense. Cause like, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) did you have a thought? I don't want to stomp over it. No, please tell me why. Why do you feel it does oh, not make sense? Uh, well, because like the whole idea is that like Zack Snyder wants this to feel like this Greek epic, uh, and, and the idea is that like you know whenever people you have a course, it's it's infinitely more important. It's like you know what made Halo stand out from every other Space Marine shooter, uh, you know, outside of its uh, great gameplay loop was the fact that it had this like Gorgon Gorgon monk chorus. It, it made it feel a little mm. bit more artsy than you know, kill zone or any of the other shooters at the time that we don't remember anymore. <laughs> and, and, you know, Zack mm-hmm. Snyder, and 
that's the sort of like conflicting thing about the, the Snyder Cut. I'd say overall Snyder Cut's, you know, a better movie, better experience than the Justice League, uh, mm. because it's an uncompromised experience. But it's, and it has right. like, you know, these like brilliant moments it's like, oh my God, this is so incredible. But it also is like so fucking up its own ass and pretentious at times where it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is the, this is the movie where the guy with the cape punches the giant horn man. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, no, that, for me, that, that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a, a gigantic plus. So. That's a gigantic plus. <laughs> if you are absurd and you treat it all seriously, then that's all the better for me. Like, yeah, you're right. I do agree with it being pretentious up its own butt. I like it. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it, it knows it knows what it's going for. It is not making apologies to anyone and just like sticks with it. Like, like there's a lot of stuff that I give a pass on. I'm, I'm admit, I admit again, like there's like the uh, one of my favorite scenes is uh, the charge of the Amazons. I, I love that action set piece. Like I've watched it in detail because every shot in the choreography of the action is some of the best I've seen in a long time. Like, I remember, like, there used to be a feeling of, you know, enjoying specific action sequences, which I haven't experienced in a while, I feel like. But, um, like, the beefcake chicks with the hammers that uh, bust through the, the wood pillars. and chicks. Oh, God, I love this. <laughs> the imagery and, and the sliding, the slow motion. I know it doesn't make sense. But, yeah, there oh, was, God, there was like, a lot of action set pieces that I was genuinely enjoying myself. I would say maybe even... Uh, hopping up and down on the couch and clapping uh oh, like, like the, the one the one girl the one girl she's she's on a horse and she's just charging and she sees the mother buck ahead uh, ahead oh she shit throws her bow yes. ahead of her so the light jump off her horse skid land catch the bow the wrapping that like i that is one of my favorite action sequences of like almost anything so but like oh the thing i was gonna say is like the thing i've given past that oh zach you gotta fucking just Keep going, don't you? Um, when they like they sunk that ancient temple into the sea, only mm. to have Stephen Wolf just jump right out of it. Like yeah. that was dumb. Um, <laughs> it reminded me. It reminded me of something that my uh, my dungeon master used to do with me, my, me and my buddy, and like we used to complain about it a lot. Like we'd have these incredible like this is knock down drag out like we're rolling for our lives and we, we pull off something like me come with a plan and and bam like the two buildings fall down on the bad guy and me and my buddy's like high five and then like my friend just can't help himself and like the, the bad guy's unscathed and he just wants to see our shock on our faces it's kind of like it, t- it deflates all the sacrifice yeah. of the mm. loss of a magic weapon i used or something like that and here that action sequence is amazing and they, they sink the temple and like Sepulf just like jumps right out of it, I'm like uh. I mean, all so it, of it just devalidates everything that they did. It means nothing. Yep. All that I lay down another pass card. All that like, all that would have taken. All that would have taken was for somebody to say that won't hold them for long, and then they, you know, mm-hmm. they get a few, they get a head start, but they didn't even yes. get that. Nope. No. Well, so yeah. Once that's... again, I give the movie a pass because yeah. it was cool looking. Uh, yeah. Uh, so here, here, I believe that this was around that scene. Somebody said that evil doesn't sleep, it waits. And so wait, is, isn't that a Chuck Norris joke? <laughs> I think it is. I'm sure that's a Chuck. Is that a, is he that, does not that, sleep, you know, he waits. Is that an old idiom before? But I thought that I'm pretty sure that's a Chuck Norris. <laughs> uh, you may be right. And the uh, real quickly, the, the girl who uh, throws the bow and makes the shot and and goes down in a, in a flash of golden lightning. Her name was Philippus. Philippus. I found out. Yeah, I found out last time I was watching, like, you know, see her, like, Philippus, do, huh. do the thing. And she's like, Rrr. I'm like, oh, okay, she's Philippus. Anyway. And I also actually thought that, like, at the end, and 
I'm not sure if this was Philippus or not, where mm-hmm. like the the horse uh, a horse landed on one of them. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, they, absurdly hardcore. That like he just tosses a horse at one of them. I, I got a kick out of that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of horse, a lot four, of horse tossing. He swung around four people on horses. It's yeah, so badass looking That's, to me. I it's love always it. incredibly badass. But like, but I also think it kind of like you know obviously these Amazons are extremely powerful. But mm-hmm. when it showed that like they couldn't move this horse, I'm like, okay, well. Yeah, but like, Oops. look who they're standing up to, and they don't have like truly, truly superpowers. Like, so it's very impressive that they were able to do as well as they did. I thought they did. Like, well, I, mean, was, I think they do, but they can't move stronger than average. Stronger than average. Yeah, yeah, but they yeah, can't yeah. move and a then, horse. They couldn't move a horse. Right. That's what I'm saying. No, I didn't notice that part. Think about they power levels. Been able to move a horse. They should be able to move a horse. And I was like, can't move a horse. Yeah. Yikes! You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, here we go. Drink every time I give a pass. Okay, well, here's another pass. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, is like uh, to me, I I don't know. Uh, to me, that was sort of saying like, yeah, but look how well they can't move this horse. <laughs> but mm-hmm. look how well they did. It's really impressive. Um, I have a note that says, "Said Lois music sounds like the music I used to listen to in Catholic school." <laughs> so anyway, yeah, oh, more Catholic stuff. It, just want to say, I have a note about your comment about like the weird, sad music. Oh, I, I do want to go back to those creepy singing ladies super quick. Is t- to me, mm-hmm. it felt like that that was maybe sort of um, like they were. Ugh, kind of like uh like sirens or mermaids it felt mm-hmm. very mermaid-esque and that sort of culture is a lot of creepy mermaids uh <laughs> like where they're from but that's what it made me think of but um anyway did y'all mm-hmm. notice oh, it um oh mm-hmm. yeah please uh, all right first. Yeah, all right this is going to be a quick one probably did y'all notice that scene when 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 bruce wayne is shaving it looked like a razor blade ad <laughs> Hmm, that was that yeah. was footage like the famous Gillette ad where Superman uses his um you know his eye beams to shave. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, exactly. But this was just straight up like an ad for Gillette. Or, or did, like, you know, did you see the did the blade give uh, the brand on it? I it looked it it did actually I don't think it I don't remember. But it looked okay. like a razor blade ad is all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think it had the I don't think it had the blade on it. If it did, it'd be woof. <laughs> Uh, let's see. As much as I, I do have uh, great affection for the movie, uh, another big strike against it. And this is, comes from uh, people not taking their goddamn time. Uh, that this should have been like, what we're seeing now should have been eight movies in. And the final battle should have involved all of the Amazons and the Atlanteans and the world of man. Like, I want to see fighter jets alongside Atlante- uh, Amazon horses with Atlanteans like shooting stuff out of the sea, like it, 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 the final battle should have been them bringing everyone together on Earth that fights, and that should have been the final battle. And it was a little bit of a problem to me, like that the final battle is like four people. Like, yeah. Okay. Totally. So, so you basically, uh, I didn't think you of basically that. wanted the end game, you know, the portal scene of end game for the uh, DC universe, where like you see all the sub factions and they all come together. Uh, I, yeah, or like, uh, like fantasy movies where, like, you know, you know, the elves, the dwarves, and then the humans all, like, that's the point of, of talking about how we all used to fight together in the past. Like, the, the point is to, you know, bring us back together again. Not you wanted to, you that, wanted to see the riders of Rohan coming over that hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like, yeah, the, the point is, like, oh, yeah, sure, it's cool that, like, four or five superpower people like each other, but, you know, like, the, the big payoff is, like, 
We all get to fight. Ah. Well, here's my question, though. Did you like the expanded uh, flashback sequence where uh, Darkseid was digitally, um, it, you know, switch swapped out for Steppenwolf? Uh, because it felt yes. like that was like, you know, everything you wanted, even if it was just a flashback. Yes. Yes, that, 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 that was fantastic. That was a good hint of like how how you set it up, like. Back in the day, we had Greek gods and Green Lanterns and Amazons. So, like, we had uh, different factions of heroes. But now in our present day, like, our new warriors and fighters are, like, Armory and Marines and Air Force. And, and they have those people fight next to Amazons and Green Lanterns. And that, 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 that's the end game. That's, that's how you end it, with, if you're going to bring it up in the first place. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to just babble really quickly again. Go get on it, please. Oh, all right. Well, no, this is this is another real. Uh, hey, 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 hey! Did you guys notice moment? But uh, did you guys did you guys notice that Gotham University was playing Wisconsin? Yes, yep. <laughs> I did. <laughs> as, a, yep. the, as a Wisconsinite, that's definitely a uh, Leo point at the TV moment for me. Be, being in the city of the team they're fighting it uh, that they're playing against that was that was that was heartwarming. And then, like right when I saw like they're playing Wisconsin, I was like, okay, wait a second here, and I looked up Zack Snyder. And he's from Green Bay. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. He's, he's one of us. <laughs> yeah. That's why he put the Badgers in there. I'm felt proud. Oh, that's hilarious, <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wisconsin Badgers are uh, canon in the DC universe. Oh, I love that. One thing is, is like I think people generally, like, you know, people are proud of their states and whatnot, but I feel like people from Wisconsin are on another freaking level. <laughs> When it comes, because when I'm talking to people like in New York, people mm-hmm. generally aren't be like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I, you know, Vermont, yeah, I love <laughs> it, you know." But I can't. I, New Hampshire is my place. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Wisconsin, like, oh Wisconsin, guys, let me like, talk about the beer and the cheese and the brats. Uh, insufferable, insufferable. Uh, all right, so um, I'm going to talk about uh, Steppenwolf. Uh, I had okay. no problem with the first Steppenwolf because uh, I don't get bothered by bad special effects. Uh, in fact, I kind of like, um, okay, so here's uh, the, the the thing about Seo Seminwolf. Uh, I don't give a shit about sympathetic bad guys. Fuck them. I don't, like, like so, like, every time there's, like, a, a two-dimensional bad guy, people get so upset. And I'm like, no, I don't care what his motivation is. He killed a planet of people. I'm killing him. Like, that's all I need to know. I I don't need a sad scene of Seminwolf like, oh, okay, go back home. Like, fuck you, man. I don't make a sad face i can't wait to see your horn get chopped off yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah um but the, the first step wolf like he's he's relishing his evil like he's doing this for conquering reasons and um yeah i prefer my bad guys just to be pieces so, of so shit do, versus, do you like, like well feelings. so do you like um so do you like the first version of steppenwolf better than the uh second steppenwolf a little bit. Uh, the only reason why I like the second one better is because it's more, you know, in Zach's vision, which, you know, it feels more like it, it just all feels like it's not as disjointed. I'm seeing Zach's vision with the other seven wolf. I'm seeing Joss insert and there's like a cobble thing going on. Um, and then like even how Joss's seven wolf cools down is more clever. Um, after the Justice League finally get their shit together and, and take them down. Like the, the they set up at the beginning of the movie, which was really cool to me. I like in Justice League, you get to see Batman working in Gotham, and 
you hear Danny Elfman theme, and then like it is set up that like he catches a vil- uh, catches a criminal to get that criminal to give off fear, which brings on the parademon. But then, like, you know, when the Justice League steps together and they beat down Septimulf, now Septimulf, for the first time, gives off fear and gets eaten alive by his dudes. I That was a great ending. That's how you cobble together, like, a setup and then a payoff. Hmm. Yeah. So, oh, oh, oh. And, but but, but the, the only note that I was actually going to mention when it came to Septimulf was uh, his his uh, bladed armor, which makes me go, Okay, I get it. You know, I feel like someone who's animated that was like, oh, guys, I got his, his armor's living. It's, it's expressive and, and whatever. I'm just like, yeah, it's all one color, too, though. Like, <laughs> I thought you would love the blade armor just because it, like, you know, he flexes it and it's more visually interesting. Because, <laughs> like, the, the, it is cool the when he does that. Like, the Joss Whedon Steppenwolf is that he, he's just like nothing. He's just like a generic CGI monster who is just mm-hmm. like the most epitome of boring uh, versus, like, Epitome. Yeah, epitome of uh, not like, epitome. 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 No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I mean, my my friend did not stop making fun of me for like three years after I said that to him. While I was reading through like a D and D book, and like that there's a the guy who's the epitome of a swordsman. And I was like epitome, and then he's like ah. Anyway, epitome. he's the epitome of like a boring generic. And, and I, I was just thinking about this because um, like um. Yeah, I think the the biggest problem, or at least why, like, you seem to have enjoyed the Justice League, and to a degree I enjoyed it, but, like, the problem is the Justice League, the original cut, is Ant-Man and the Wasp when it needed to be the Avengers. <laughs> hmm I get you. I fully get you. Like, that Seven Wolf, if I'm going to stop giving so many passes, uh, no one's going to remember him. Uh, if I ever do a daydream, I'm not going to be fighting him. Uh, no one wants him to a poster of that guy. Uh, yeah, because, like... Yeah, but my, my, my main thing was just, like, uh, to me, I feel like the second Seven Wolf was Zack Snyder giving to all these people who always say, um, the bad guy was two-dimensional, he didn't have motivation. And just, like, you know, fucking, I don't... Give the bad guy the motivation that he's an asshole, and I'm okay with it, because I, I just don't get more out of bad guys who are murdering plants because they have mother issues or something like that. Like, Oh, whatever, man, I don't care. But yeah, that's my weirdness about bad guys in movies. Like I like bad guys being bad. Well, there, there, there are many and dimensions. I like my armored have. No, there, there are many dimensions to film bad guys. I mean, um, you can have like a two dimensional bad guy who's just like bad, uh, you know, likes to be bad and doesn't have a greater motivation. But like uh, generally, I think like what makes a good villain is um, one, they need to look like they're having fun, like they're having an absolute blast mm-hmm. doing what they're doing. Agreed. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And uh, two, um, maybe not the motivation doesn't necessarily need to be relatable, but it needs to be understandable. I get you. I get you. Um, like, like, like. So they definitely do that with uh, Thanos. Thanos, and I do like him more. Like they do. It is. A, it's a oh, better well, job. Th- like he. They gave him motivation. Yeah, the Thanos is like the master class of what you want to do to prepare your your final fucking bad guy. Because like, um, you know, they, they knew he had a lot of heavy lifting after several films of hype, and all he'd done is sit in a chair. So the majority of Infinity War is pretty much Thanos' movie. And, you know, they, they knocked it out of the park. They made him into a meme. They made him into an icon. And like you said, no one's fantasizing against facing Steppenwolf as the... <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody wants a poster of Steppenwolf. Nobody wants a poster. Oh, man. Nobody, maybe, <laughs> a poster. Nobody's trying to get that poster. Maybe so- that is um, Those posters are going... 
Unsold. Maybe someday there'll be some kid at a convention who's just like, I'm the biggest Steppenwolf stan in the world. He's just the best ever. And I look forward to And And, 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 and Steppenwolf's at his table, and he kind of looks like, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me write the, this uh, autograph for you, buddy. Yeah, he's Thanks for coming to my table. Steppenwolf has grown a goatee. <laughs> wearing an ill-fitting polo. Has, has, has his helmet on his table. His hair is yeah. kind of disheveled. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Somebody's got a fan. Finally. <laughs> wow. What a moment for Steppenwolf. <laughs> then, then I come by and say, "Man, you're underrated." Oh, okay. You gonna buy a autograph? Like, oh no. I, I just want to say I liked you in the movie. And he kind of gives me a sour look <laughs> yeah. as I walk away. A sour oh, look. Uh, the other thing is <laughs> the moment is ruined. They need to be threatening. Like, um, what always you know helps uh, set up a, a villain stakes is the, like you know when they confront the hero, they. Fuck shit up. Whenever they confront, it's a catastrophe. They, they represent a threat versus like, um, you know, there's a certain charm to like Megatron and like cartoon uh, villains, but like you're never afraid that like Megatron's on the scene. They they, they did set they did try to set them up like you, know, you can take on the Amazon and stuff. All right, uh, I want to move on to uh, Cyborg, which uh, I uh, I um I got some issues. Mm-hmm. I got some issues. Oh, once again, like, uh, I'll, I'll get out of the way. Uh, I've been trying to, on my Facebook, talk about, like, how shitty uh, they, ev- almost every movie treats black male heroes. Uh, there's tropes that they always fall in, which keeps them to being from, like, a Han Solo action hero. And they always have to be uh, elderly, young, overweight, uh, or uh, mutilation. So, yeah, seeing Cyborg mutilated wasn't cool. And then, like, uh, they're building up a story in a way that everybody's like clapping for and I'm like yeah it's cool but what I feel like I'm seeing is like Zach liking the actor and trying to give him more because there's not a lot there that the movie wants to get. <laughs> That's an interesting so, uh, observation but I could go on. Yeah so like um they they give this like uh, a great long scene like once again like it's an actor who has more time on it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, not trying to be insulting, but like they can get Ray Fisher back and they bring him back and they they give him this like monologue and whatnot where he gets to have the control of all of the computers and and systems of the world and never do one thing with it except for help one lady and the implications of what they said about his powers could change the world and the story completely and never comes up after that. That was my problem. Am I wrong? Mm. Um, hey, Tony, what do you think? Uh, uh, real quick, Tony, you haven't said anything in a while. What do you think of that in, in, in uh, Victor and Cyborg? Um, it did seem to me that um, that they were that they definitely were, were, were moving to, to give to give Ray Fisher a lot more shine than he got in the Justice League, and I, and, and in that aspect, I, I do I do appreciate that to where they actually made Cyborg in this movie a bit more more than just a MacGuffin mm-hmm. with his with his relationship to, to the Mother Box, but it does kind of seem like they gave him a lot that mm-hmm. just doesn't really go much of anywhere else afterwards. Mahler pointed out the biggest uh, part of like how much they, they they say that he's powerful and awesome, but don't do anything with it. So, which is his pivotal scene of like uh, his father going into that one chamber and turning on the lasers to light up the mother box and he dies. So 
he has the power to turn that thing off right away, like at a blink. He he could say, snap his finger and say, true. nope, sorry, dad, not letting you die. And like get his dad out of there and act like he's running away and then let Steppenwolf walk in there and then turn it on. Like, yeah, he could well, use my- it strategically, but they I- just wrote that down so that, I don't know. Seems virtue signaling, maybe, or something like that. Well, like they want to look good and they do like that actor, so they give him a whole bunch of shit that doesn't really factor into the movie. Well, for that, the story justification, for the, at least from for someone who just saw it a few minutes ago, it felt like the, the idea <laughs> is that like nobody really knew what he was doing with the super laser until after the fact. Okay, uh, so that's why Cyborg didn't shut it down. Nobody knew that, like you know, as far as they knew, he was trying to destroy it with that super laser versus like superheating it so they could de- detect it with his heroic thing. That that makes sense. I, I'll allow that one. That that was it. Yeah. He had a remote control, though, right? Why do you have to be in there with it? <laughs> that I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Why did he have to die besides, like, the sad sacrifice? I don't understand that. Uh, dot, 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 dot. And in Josh's like League, in Josh's League, he survives. This one than, uh, than Jonathan and Man of Steel. <laughs> in Josh's League, uh, he, the, he survives, so... Cyber doesn't have to lose his father. And the end, they're working together, which I is mean, kind of cooler. That's I think it is absolutely is cooler. And I mean, like I don't know him dying in there. It just seemed so unnecessary. All I could think about was like, why are you in there, man? Get out, get uh, out of there. Yeah, you don't have to be my, there. My only thing I was thinking was like, oh, gorgeous. <laughs> um, because like there's like this color palette the whole movie has that I'm positive is from Excalibur, and I love it. It's just like this kind of like this metal steel like palette of everything that gives lightning glows that i remember from like there's a lot there's a glow that's been doing lately movies that's from the 80s that i can't properly describe but when i see it it triggers the pleasure that kid keith felt when he saw that kind of lightning back then and Mm. yeah while it sucks it's stupid doesn't make sense uh wow man that was beautiful like the way the crisscrossing lasers and the the silver glow, um, I like the visual, but yeah, the story. Yeah, there is a there so is much. a certain uh, I would almost say like cyberpunk esque um, mm-hmm. eighty very eighties color palette that's been in, getting used a lot. I actually saw that getting used quite a bit in Godzilla and Kong. Yep. yep, and it's it's this sort of um, uh, like fuchsia and maybe cyan mix uh, um, that. That wasn't. They didn't do that here. I th- I did see it. It was. Um. Yeah. They totally did. It was. Okay. Uh, believe it or not, I think during the scene with the Batmobile, uh, when he was driving that around. Uh, I'll need to re. I'll need to look at it again. Maybe maybe I saw things that I didn't think I was seeing, but I'm pretty sure I saw it a little bit. But it, uh, uh, to me, it's possible. To me, the the colors that we're seeing here are a video that I'm positive none of you guys watched, but you need to. Um. Yeah. There's a uh, comic book girl for 19 i think oh yeah uh, she she, she, just, like, she, she's about... still around uh she, she was like a yes, big thing but she, then she kind of like the uh how, how she doing? i am I, i'm a huge fan <laughs> of hers uh she's a goddess and i bought her nazi for calendars and also um listened to her dune club like there's a summer where i was listening and reading dune and then like every several chapters i'd go to her like book club on as she breaks down what happened 
Oh, but like uh, she had like some she she got a big L. Like something bad happened to her, and uh-huh. so she fell out, and she's trying to make a comeback lately, and she seems to be doing well. But um, she did a video about Frank Frazetta and how Frank Frazetta really influenced a lot of filmmakers, especially in the 80s, and how um, when you see Excalibur, every shot looks like a Frazetta painting, and oh, that's yeah. the color palette that I think they're going for here in this movie, which is Frazetta. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, I have, a, I have a quick a quick note, a quick character note. Mm-hmm. Um, before they snuck themselves into the facility, uh, uh, the Flash was, like, showing hats to Aquaman. And he's like, all right, what do you think, A or B? And what I was expecting he was like, you're being dumb. But instead, <laughs> he says, let me see A again. I'm like, yeah. oh, man. That was great. <laughs> that was a good character. I like that. That was a really nice little character moment because the obvious thing to do is being like, you're being a dumb kid. <laughs> but nope. instead, he was like a good like friend slash bro. I was like, I don't know, man. Let me see. You know, I don't they know. I really like that. A personable back and forth. I like, yeah, I saw that scene. I like that too. Well, let's see that one again. Mm-hmm. And, the, and I think that kind of goes with their relationship, um, the, the Flash and Aquaman. I felt like there was sort of like a Gimli Legolas thing going on there. <laughs> Almost, mm-hmm. almost but not quite. You know, like yeah, almost yeah. but not quite. Exactly, because like they're they're uh, maybe not the same amount of you know uh, hostility that there is naturally between dwarves and elves in Middle Earth. But like I don't know that like the moment that uh, the Flash like ran into Aquaman and Aquaman gave him that real strong point. Oh yeah, that was a good point. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> in uh, uh, in, 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 in uh, Mahler's review, they he uses that point a lot when he gets angry in the review, saying, "How didn't you notice?" And you see the Aquaman pointing at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great point. I mean, it kudos, was. kudos to that point. Well, uh, um, I was just kind of like continue the conversation though about uh, Cyborg. Um, so you, 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 even with the expanded material and the uh, justice, because like I thought the the Snyder cut, you know, did did a, like a lot better. Gave him a lot of medium material, and I, I, you know, you can see why Ray Fisher was kind of pissed that like considering. And oh, yeah. I, I, I like the wholesomeness of it, the idea that, like, you know, oh, I'm broken, but now I'm found with these other misfits, and now we're whole, and the idea that he rejects the fake family or, you know, kind of, like, has this self-actualization moment. But I think the sort of yep. big, bigger issue is that, like, uh, you know, I, I think, it, it, you know, in, in, uh, Justice, in Justice League, Cyborg's nothing. And, and you can understand, like, if you have to cut a lot of stuff from the film, uh, it, it's, like, you know, it's an emotional part, but it's the least important, so... It, it makes sense why that got the axe. Uh, it's much better yep. in the uh, Snyder cut. But at the same time, I feel like the big wrong decision is that, like, what I never really understand is, like, you know, okay, we're, we're in this new era, more diversity, uh, more people. Sure, that's fine. But, like, there are better mm. black characters to have <laughs> than Cyborg. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. static shock. Uh, you know, people have a lot of affection yeah. for that cartoon. He, he's kind of been backdoored and became a little bit more legitimate in people's eyes because you know he was a part of the a big part of the Bruce Tim DC universe. So he got to hang out I, with the Justice League. He got to hang out with all Batman Beyond. I, I have no idea. I think I think it's it's a there's a thing like I need to write an article on like how black male heroes are handled. Um sure you can go with all these other better looking uh cooler powers, but in movies they always go toward and gravitate toward any black dude who falls into the make him not sexually viable option. So um, instead of going with uh, Green Lantern and Sag Shock, 
which, you know, their power levels cause problems, I guess. They go with the cyborg, but they're also uh, layering, um, they're, they're layering the references. Like, for the casuals who don't know Jack Mackerel about Justice League, they remember Super Friends and Cyborg was in Super Friends. I, that, that's what I think is fun. I feel like it's more like the Teen Titans is that the reason why they, they keep on pushing Cyborg is because he was a popular character in that. And that's the reason why he keeps on coming. But yeah, it doesn't make any sense. That too. It doesn't make any. That too. Cause like they, they, they even brought him the, at the end of Justice League. He says, Blue. Yeah, that was, that, yeah. that was apparently a big point of contention in like, um, whatchamacallit, Ray Fisher's uh, interview where he said that like he didn't want to say it. He didn't like the idea of having a gimmicky catchphrase and and then they, they kept on pressuring mm-hmm. him, and then Joss was like, just, just do the stupid thing that they wanted the, the Teen Titans, and he eventually did it, and he felt... <laughs> I see it on a... Cor- I see the. I see that it, there's a good reason for it on a corporate level. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like, you, you have an audience out there, and, like, a big fucking chunk of them that could potentially give you money are Cyborg fans from Teen Titans. I'm sorry, Ray Fisher, but... You're in a you're in a franchise, yeah, buddy. And then, yeah, that's what you, you, you gotta do. You gotta give them at least a little bit of a booyah. Although yeah. I still don't see like John Stewart's like there for the taking. He was him. He was Static Shock. You've got all these yeah. like characters that are like beloved. I, I have no idea. I, I think so, so. Like, yeah, it, it's because of there's like layered means of uh, Super Friends, and then also um, the Teen Titans go. Uh, Teen Titans, and then also uh, I believe that like. They they uh they're they're trying to do the new fifty two, like what we're seeing on the screen, uh lately has been what they created in the new fifty two reboot. So you had DC universe and then like you know all the crazy universes and they had to crunch it down to several smaller universes, and then um I, I was like the young Ripa, uh he's a YouTuber uh who I enjoy, uh even though I disagree with him a lot, he did like the breakdown of like the Justice League history, and. In our modern times, just before this current era of comic books, was the New 52. And that was definitely the corporation doing a thing that I saw Dungeons & Dragons do. And they're trying to simplify DC down to what a general public can get and try to get more money. So where they had like their giant freaking universe that no one could penetrate, they boiled it down to the New 52... And made them sexy and cool. And then I think in a combination of like what they do with black characters all the time and maybe getting that sweet, sweet nostalgia money, they up the importance of Cyborg. And that's why he is now a Justice Leaguer versus being a Teen Titaner, which he's been for most of his Yeah, that, that, that is true. Because <clears throat> I, I remember like um, when the... Um which well with the new 52 they kind of like tried to elevate his status i don't know if it, any of it ever stuck um in, in terms of like you know giving him the definitive story but like I, I, static shock is well remembered but i guess at the time like uh t- was Teen titans go running when the new 52 started or was it like a or was it just still like the, the end of the era of the the anime kind of cartoon unknown for me i'm not sure you else knows yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't readily recall. Um, but I guess the idea is that he was they're... more in the cultural consciousness, at least, and the idea was that like, all right, we're, we're going to give this guy the the, the, the uh, stardom. Although, and, he, and he also, yeah, once again, falls into the safe blackmail hero stereotype that Wolf. Hollywood is comfortable with going with uh, the mutilated black guy. 
Yeah. I mean, that's uh, honestly when I was my, – my thoughts on that when I was watching it, that's all I could think of, Keith, was the – what you have mentioned. Yeah. About it's the, very noticeable if you think about it. It's incredibly noticeable and it's really, really awful and that was pretty much what I noticed about it. Like it's kind of like, oh, well, yeah, we can have this, but this has got to be like this, mm-hmm. you know? Oof. That's that's horrible. Um, um, yeah, um, I want to also like. There's not a lot to talk about him, but I really wanted to bring up Martian Manhunter and <laughs> yeah, Martian Manhunter and why he's so out of place and, and poorly done. Yeah, <laughs> because it wasn't a, supposed to be him. Well, wasn't what? supposed to be a, a Green one. Lantern supposedly. That's what I heard. Yes, it was supposed oh. to be John Stewart. Wait, who Snyder was? wanted to put John Stewart in. But the WB exec said, no, we have other plans for him, so you can't use him. And and it pissed off Snyder so much that he almost just just, just dropped the movie altogether. But the reason why that one actor became Marsh Manhunter is, once again, uh, friendship. Like, so there's like a... I, I watched uh, an evening with Zack Snyder as he talks through Ma- uh, Man of Steel and uh, Batman v Superman. And there's like this like kind of uh, – if you watch – like uh, in, in the stream, the actor who plays Master Manhunter – I forget his name. He's He's been around a long time. Anyway, uh, he comes on the stream. And like you can tell he's kind of hopeful. Like he gets, he gets to be in Man of Steel and he's like, yeah, you know. I, and like, I, I feel like he had a conversation with Zack Snyder. He's like, yeah, wouldn't it be cool if like – I was maybe secretly Master Manhunter, and like Zach, I was like, yeah, 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 it would be cool. Because <laughs> like I, I, I have experienced like before, like in the past, where uh, I've known like a, a couple like DC list actors on like TV shows, and like I, I, you know, hung out with them, talked to them, and they and their family and their friends, like they come up with their own fan fiction, just like anybody else. They like their characters, not just a the job. They'll come up with like fan fiction. So what I saw was them put stuff in to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's say you're a Martian Manhunter. And then like, now we had the last movie and the chances for him to really be Martian Manhunter are basically gone. And he's probably sad. And Zach's like, here, man, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to put you in the movie. I'm going to put you in the movie. And it's going to be really quickly. How about, uh, and like, he has to look throughout the entire movie. Like, where can I do it? And what would make sense? Well, and what, so like, and then like a really quickly, I gotta say like, it was, it was not, I love the actor who plays Superman's mom. She's really good. And in Zach's um, scene between her and Lois, it was really good, but you fucked it up <laughs> by not making it be his mom. Yeah. And yeah, that was that was not cool at all. That like, was a weird, that was a good scene and emotional. That was a terrible choice. Like yes, y- y- it's it's it, when you put it at that. Like I'm gonna give my my buddy some fun and like you know maybe Philip Coulson him. It makes it a little bit more wholesome. But he did not need. Yeah, to be, he did not be need to be in that goddamn movie. Yeah, how would you like a scene with um, Ben Affleck? I can set that up. All right, we'll do it at the end of the movie. And like that's the nonsense scene. Like he just, hey, I'm I'm in the I'm I'm on this planet too. Can, can <laughs> let's let's do stuff next time. And Ben Affleck goes, yeah, yeah. and like I'm gonna fly away now. And like, all right, man, I'm glad I got you in the movies. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> is what I saw. 
That, that probably about so. Well, <laughs> here's another thing that we haven't discussed yet that I'm kind of curious to get your guys' opinion on is um, mm-hmm. the Superman resurrection scene. I hated it in Justice League, and I still hate it in the Snyder Cut. I, I, I just thought it mm-hmm. was like the worst way to... I, I want Superman to be heroic. I don't want the injustice, miserable, I'm going to murder everyone Superman. And, and like, you mm-hmm. know, the, the mecha- it's a little bit better in the Snyder Cut where it's like, oh, if the blah, 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 mother bucks can re- rearrange matter, maybe it'll rearrange Superman, but like, yeah. I, I still thought it was like, and it was really stupid. Oh, my my defense system! I can't control it! Uh, and then it shoots you Superman, and then... <laughs> so bad. <laughs> it was just like, really ham-fisted, lazy, stupid writing, and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, that's just like one of those things that like, you know, reaffirms my belief that Zack Snyder should never write stories. I agree. Uh, <laughs> let me see. So... Um, I think Justice did the Return of Superman way better. Uh, Superman had no reason to put the black costume on, but I know that's something that uh, Zach has a, a huge boner for. He loves seeing that black costume. He really wanted to get into the movie to the point where they didn't actually make the suit; they just recolored it on screen. And he's like, "Fine, fuck it, that's close enough." Um, but uh, Justice League, like, no, in, in this, it only makes sense. For everything they're working for, for us to get the genuine colors of Superman back without, like, unless we're in a scene where he's, like, feeling really remorse, remorseful or something, you just can't just put him in black. So, in Joss Lee, he comes back in his regular costume, and then he says Superman Christopher Reeves things, like, I'm also a big fan of justice. I'm like, yes, 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 and he punches the bad guy, I'm like, oh, God, yes, just, 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 just drooling, and, uh... There's just like one part where he flies away to help the, the the people, and then like he like the Justice League is like having trouble with uh, Steppenwolf again, and then Superman comes flying back, and just before he lays down his beautiful punch on Steppenwolf, he says uh, once again a beautiful Superman, is "This man still bothering you?" <laughs> Boom! I'm like, God, <laughs> yes. In this Justice League, he shows up in his black costume, which uh, I do want to buy a figure of because I am a Mark for um Zack Snyder Superman I'm too easy um but yeah it doesn't make any sense he's not you gotta say something do some sort of reason from to choose the black one over the normal one. So I, that's my I yeah. don't know why you didn't just use like the Krypton regeneration matrix that they had from the comic and then like that's like an excuse for him to get the costume that like somehow that changes the costume the Kryptonian regeneration because he built this big because he built this big fucking room okay we're gonna use the big fucking room that, that's why like that yeah like they built that huge ass set for the inside of the ship they're like we're not building another set. We're, we're going to use this. We're going to use the goddamn Kryptonian ship. And also, uh, a thing that Zachary loves in that Kryptonian ship is the open, empty uh, pod. You guys notice that thing? Mm. In, man, in, in all the movies, there will be a scene where someone walks past an empty pod. And like in his um, commentary, he always goes, ah, ah, see, see, see right there. It's open pod. Who's in there? I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I guess it's, it, oh it's just like excuse he for Supergirl uh, to, to possibly bring her uh, in there. I, I think it's I, I I'm pretty sure he's hinting at Brainiac. Ah, oh. there you go. Yeah. I, anyway, mm-hmm. there's a there's an empty pod in all the movies, and if you keep an eye on it, you'll see it. And like Zack Snyder just just gets all geeky when he when it's, it's always like like maybe two seconds on the screen it's like ah there it is oh what we're gonna do next i don't know anyway 
Well, now we'll now we'll never know, yep. will we? <laughs> it's over. We will not it's an know. Empty, it's a, it is a forever empty pod. Uh, yeah, how how was Superman resed in the Justice League? I don't even remember. Same way. It's, it was it's the same way. Virtually the same thing. Uh, and they even have in both cuts. They have the uh, wait. Won't Steppenwolf get the thing? Uh, we just have to do it. Oh fuck! <laughs> Steppenwolf got the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, 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 speaking of suits, mm-hmm. speaking of suits, uh, Lex's suit at the end, I felt, was very Gene Hackman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That was like a total callback to Gene Hackman. I, but do you think it, do you think it took away from what, from what they were trying to do with, with Alexander's character in, in the, in this new universe, yes. they, they were trying to separate him a bit from that in, in the first in the first couple of movies. I see them giving in to everybody complaining about it. That's what I saw, and I don't. That's like it. kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, and that's actually a really good point because, like, yeah, the Alexander that we knew would never wear a suit like that. Yeah, never. But they're like not a chance. I'm positive he like you know he saw all the feedback and then like the 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 the, the, the execs were like just fucking do Lex Luthor, please. Okay. <laughs> Fine. I, I was kind of concession. Speaking of Lex Luthor, what was the point? One thing I don't understand is like, what was the point of um, the the Lex Luthor post credit sequence in the in the Snyder cut? Just because that felt like something that they, I felt like Warner Brothers forced uh, Joss to put in, just so they could imply, oh, Justice League 2's if this hopefully, dear God, please make a billion dollars. Uh, this next one will be uh, Justice League versus the Doom uh, Patrol, or what are they called? The Doom Society. Um, Doom. There's a Doom Patrol. I know, that, but uh, like, what's the, the Legion of Doom? Yeah. Oh, there you go. The the, the, you got the it. Legion you of got Doom. It. They're yeah. gonna fight the Legion of Doom. Oh my God, we're getting my we're getting our own league together. But he still kept it in, and it's like, is it just to introduce the fact that Deathstroke's gonna go after Batman? It, it feels superfluous. It very much is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And also, oh, t- a thing you'll notice uh, in these added scenes that uh, none of the actors need to be there at the same time. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You'll notice that uh, you don't see Lex or Deathstroke in the same shot. And then also yes. in the nightmare scene, none of those heroes are also ever in the same shot together. Woof. Yeah. Um. Uh, to me, a lot of that was sort of like just sort of rubbing it in. Kind of like, well, you know, we could have maybe had this. But mm-hmm. now you're never going to get it. Like, so this, this this is pretty cool, huh? Yep, yep. That's what I was saying. Like, I guess y'all should never have turned on me. <laughs> yep. Oh, if you guys want more, well, you can't now. I guess so. Uh, well, guess well. Keep... And I, I, I do I do blame uh, society for <laughs> where DC ended up. Because yeah. because everybody had went so crazy about the Dark Knight. That's why we got realistic yeah, um, they, well, my most successful video so far. Like, I still think that like the Dark Knight was the death of the DC. You know, it killed it before it even began because you can't Yo, you can't yes, apply that yes. to everything else. You can have mature storytelling, but Jesus Christ, everything doesn't need to be grounded and realistic. I mean, even Man of Steel opens up with like Russell Crowe flying on a mutant dragon in an alien oh. space realm. Just, just, just go with it. <laughs> Yes, go with it. That's yep. so. That's so. That's so true. So but yeah, like true. I think, like back then, and even now, like people, it, it, it's a hard thing to sell because, like, I like I like goofiness. I like non-realism, but a lot of normal people don't. And Marvel had to start in. I don't know. They went back and forth. 
on their grit yeah. and then hitting they now they they don't they went full surreal fun crazy cartoon but yeah yeah but you, there's there's a difference between taking things seriously and being grimdark mm-hmm. um like you can like you were saying like kind of like with the Godzilla movies um like in, in Japan they take everything extremely seriously yep even if it's goofy but, that's how you do it that's how you do it, but yeah, you don't have to bet the universe is goofy. Take that goofy stuff seriously. Well, Super the fun. interesting thing, I mean, this is a little bit, I mean, it's still in, about the DC universe, but like, um, what do you guys think of like the, the James Gunn's The Suicide Squad versus the David Ayer Suicide Squad? Because that's also seems like, that to me is like an interesting thing. James Gunn's like a master of like, um, balancing that tone between goofy, violent, and, and then emotional oh, yeah. when it needs to be. And it feels like mm-hmm. the, the new good. Suicide Squad's probably going to be great. I trust James Gunn. He's a really, talented guy Same. but um you know it's, it's really funny to compare that to like the previous suicide squad so i'm just kind of curious what your roundtable thoughts of that because it, it feels like it's so funny like the first one was kind of like trying to imitate him but now you got the real thing to do it and then he's probably going to be pulled away oh, by wow Disney. yeah you didn't i did not notice that they they, they yeah they're the, i because uh once again only person like the suicide squad but they totally did rip that up and try to make it look like a James Gunn, and then they got actually James Gunn. Yeah, exactly. After trying to imitate it, because like rumors are that there's an air cut that's very different that, than than um, what we got in theaters. But Suicide Squad was butchered because of um, who knows if it was better or not. But um, you know, it was basically re- redone by a trailer company for the purposes of yeah. like feeling more like a James Gunn movie. Interesting. Oof. Yeah, I, I have. I oh, but, uh, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was gonna say like I, I liked um, just how that all happened, uh, where there was like cancel culture finally came for James Gunn for stupid shit, <laughs> and then I was pretty mad, and then like he was broken hearted, and then like he, it woke up to him. He's like, wait, I'm a I'm fucking James Gunn, and then like he's like, <clears throat> guess I'm working with uh, DC now, and like whoa, and like not long after. Just, Disney's like, oh, we're sorry, James Gunn. Maybe we were too harsh on you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love how like the, the this new Suicide Squad is like James Gunn smacking them, saying, "Don't you ever do that again." <laughs> remember who gave you guys? Remember who gave you guys all this money? And they're like, yeah, uh, I, "We're sorry." I've never seen the. I I haven't seen the original one. Um, but I will, I will, but I'm really excited for the new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks, it just looks like a blast. James and, Gunn doesn't miss. Uh, he does. Yep, he, that, that seems to be the trend. Yeah, he, he, uh, if he hits that tone, and he he's like you know he's polka dot man, and I'm excited for polka dot man because he's not trying to make polka dot man oh, seriously. Yes. And Nathan Fillion is the detachable arm guy. He's got like all these stupid obscure characters, and you know he's going to kill like half of them. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I ever since like the announcement of this, and then when they start showing all these stars that are going to be in it. I think that the big surprise twist will be that this is like um, watching celebrities march towards uh, spectacular deaths. Mm-hmm. Like every one of them, except for uh, um, the guy with the helmet, oh, John Cena. Yeah, everybody, everybody but John Cena and Harley Quinn, and maybe Idris Elba, but maybe, but like everyone else. Get spectacular deaths, and that's what people are going to be talking about after it comes out. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a good bet. I think that's a very good bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's I a, would not take that bet. There's a feeling. <laughs> there's a feeling about the trailers, the way the, 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 the name of the, the movie, and also like I always find that like it seems like every time an actor in Hollywood gets a chance to like get a death scene, 
they, 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 they'll jump at it. Like, oh my god, yes, I'm in, I'm in. If I get a spectacular death, I don't know why, but I think like actors seem like to do death scenes or something. Actors love to do death scenes. It's been a thing. Do for you ever. like doing death scenes, Matt? Uh, I mean, hell yeah. Like, if I get the chance, I'm trying to think if I've ever, most of my deaths have been off scene mm-hmm. or like off stage. Like, for like one of my first, I was Guildenstern and Hamlet. Cool. And that is one of the most famous off stage deaths <laughs> in all of theater. <laughs> With his buddy Rosencrantz. Uh, who's playing Rosencrantz? Oh, no, no. Oh, I was saying him, him and uh, Rosencrantz. And Rosencrantz, that's right. Basically interchangeable, those two. Uh, but I'm trying to think. I've had, I, ooh, I remember I was in a uh a short play once where i played different characters and every single one of them died on stage cool um did you like it and it was like was a it one act oh I, I loved it it was amazing it was so much fun yeah why so do actors, actors like, enjoy doing a death scene seems like like it seems bad to me like i don't want my character to die no um because it's oh, that's a really great question but i mean really quick i think it's 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 a chance to uh, it's effective Right, if a character dies, mm-hmm. people will have feelings about it, and also mm. maybe it's something that's not necessarily easy. And there's a lot of ways to do it, and so there's an opportunity uh, to be creative. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's powerful and fun. All right, unless you're unless um, you're on a long running show like The Walking Dead, where you you know you want that Walking Dead money. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, all right, well, that's a different situation. <laughs> uh, another note. Um, I was going to say, like, and everyone who didn't support Brandon Routh's Superman, this is why we have DC the way it is. If you guys wanted Superman, you should have supported Brandon Routh like I did. <laughs> well, yeah. it's funny how uh, it's like <laughs> it was sort of this series of overcorrection, because, like, not only was Man of Steel trying mm. to be like, um, you know, uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, it was yep. also an overcorrection for the fact that people complained about Superman Returns not having enough punching. <laughs> So mm. it's like, all right, let's uh, get um, uh, you know the most punching, the greatest, the greatest punching guy punch. we can uh, get. Zod. Well, I think I think that there's like a real there. I mean, and this has certainly been talked about ad nauseum, but there's a certain danger to always giving in to fans. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. sometimes, like if you have a vision or you you have a product, well, then all right, stay the course, do with your product. And, you know? and that's what I liked about Zack Snyder's DC, like. Um, yeah, there's some concessions made, but I'm definitely seeing Zack Snyder not making it forth. He's not trying to kind of craft a thing for fans to see that will tell them, you know, what they exactly want to see, like what Marvel's doing. Like Kevin Feige, he has figured out the formula of money and directors and creativity to keep on creating like what feels like a genuine world where DC has not. But um, the thing that... The phrase that came to mind when I was watching it was like, I feel like I'm watching a real movie for the first time in a long time. Like, I'm seeing a director go at it. I'm not seeing a director hired to try to hit a demographic mark and hit as many people as possible. I'm seeing, like, someone try to make art they love. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, for the most part, yeah, you can certainly say that about, um, Batman v Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, it's like, I'm seeing a real movie now. I'm seeing some versus like, uh, let's say I'll go say civil war where I felt like I saw, I saw a Marvel movie. Like, does that make sense? Well, yeah. Uh, No, it doesn't. 
the difference between like um, like somebody. I'm sorry. No, go go ahead. Go ahead, Isaac. I'm sure you're probably gonna perhaps gonna say what I'm gonna say. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't, don't want to cut you off. Do you, you want to finish your thought before I rant into it? Uh, okay, sure. Uh, and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to keep this succinct. I think it's a difference between like I don't want to say vision. But um, just one person's plan, mm-hmm. a movie that they want to make and something that has like lots and lots of producers' hands and focus grouped into oblivion, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, I mean there, movies are always a group project. They always mm-hmm. are. But there's a difference between like being like this is the movie we're going to make and we're all going to make it together and then just being like let's do this. Oh, wait, no. You know, let's get everybody's – all these cooks get all their hands in there and then it just gets flattened out. And, you know what yep, I mean? Here I saw a freaking Zack Snyder-ass Zack Snyder painting. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. I guess the problem is that um – you know, I don't know if you ever heard of uh, Patrick H. Williams, who also does like video essays yes. on YouTube. Uh, he did like these two really good videos about um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Why does it all look kind of gray and uninteresting mostly? Yep, yeah, that. and also why does it sound differently? And he reached into how they, they all use these temp tracks, and you know, there, there are a few good Marvel, but like a lot of the music is like you know, I, I couldn't tell you what Captain Marvel's theme or the Ant Man and the Wasp theme is, and that's the sort of disadvantage is that it's very the Marvel Universe is very producer driven. So it does feel a bit homogenous. Yes. It does feel like it's all part of a product, one, uh, you know, product. But, you mm-hmm. know, for that sacrifice you get of individual spark and you, you get moments like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier where, uh, I forget the name, that, that character from, um, you know, Black Panther of the Doja, uh, Mino- how do you pronounce their, their, uh, the- yeah, Dora come, and you're like, oh, shit, yeah, Black Panther, oh, this makes sense because it's part of the universe, oh, I'm so happy to have it. It gives you those, like, little bits of endorphin as, like, yeah. it's this interconnected uh, universe that's cohesive. But you sacrifice, but at the same time, like, I can't say, you know, as fun as that moment is, you know, and I, I'm enjoying Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but it, it does feel homogenous. It doesn't feel as distinct as, um, you know, the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Homogenous is a great word for it. Uh, let's see some quick notes. Desad in this movie is a straight up Flash Gordon homage. Uh, do you guys see eighties Flash Gordon? Uh, no, dude. God damn. Okay, we're reviewing that. We're reviewing that. Anyway, there's a there's a bad guy who is the uh, basically like the, 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 what, I don't know what Desad the speaker of the Herald of uh, Dark Side. There's a guy who plays the same role and has the same costume and same kind of face as the sod. Hmm. Um, and if, if you guys have seen it, I wanted you guys to go, oh, my God, yeah, you're right. But if you haven't seen it, then uh, trust me, he's there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's just right. and this is like the next. Like, yeah. Uh, Thor, Thor Ragnarok also had a lot of Flash Gordon in it. Um, bat, this bat sky whale sucks. Uh, that thing is not well designed. I don't like the look of it. And... They put too much importance on it, and the way Victory gets to talk about it is once again feels like ah, it doesn't feel right. Like it just mm-hmm. looks like like a glorified cargo plane. Yeah. yeah. Um. And we any other? Oh, and one more thing about Victor. Uh, I it's a it's a trope that I don't like in fiction, which is uh, my dad didn't show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get to live a rich life and go to the best school and he has to work hard ah like i'm sorry it really bugs me like throughout like all my life when like characters get mad at parents who give them the best life possible 
and they don't appreciate it that the the parent has a sacrifice like that bothers me a little bit <laughs> no a lot mm-hmm. like um mm-hmm. yeah victor you go into the greatest school in the world and your father gets to go to a first contact situation can you please you know cut him some slack on you know discovering the universe to an alien spaceship which i'm pretty sure he knew right <laughs> it wasn't a secret yeah so yeah those are my complaints uh small small notes and complaints so uh i guess i'm almost done with my notes yeah yeah i got a couple i got a couple quickies mm-hmm. a couple quick notes Please. we can i can i can tear through real quick here uh the flash saying that he was a snack hole <laughs> um that was fun instead of a black hole he's a snack hole mm-hmm. Um, I like a, I like a pun. Uh, I'll never get tired of Aquaman surfing on corpses. <laughs> uh, I will never get tired of seeing one woman block bullets with her bracelets. Oh my god! Oh, listen, um, I, I wish we could. have I don't want to get. All right, just the way Wonder Woman fights in general is so fun. To I watch. know, mm. my god! Like it's when, when she burst into the scene satisfying. and like oh, uh, so the, the guy that machine gunned her, and she's like, and like just like her arms going to blur. And then when she oh ran God. across those people blocking bullets, I just I, I I lose my shit. Like she she's punching forward to block bullets as she's running and like leaning forward. Like I don't know if that's CGI or Gal Gadot actually doing that in fast motion, yeah. but like the posing and blocking they Phenomenal. do. Yeah, like there's like this part where well, she's she uh, there's this one shot where like uh, she's block 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 block, and then she falls to her knees slides and puts her back to the camera and punches both her fists up and blocks like that it just it was so good so cool well there's like every move is infused with power but is extremely economical mm-hmm. uh so it, it just makes yeah makes her makes watching her fight an absolute joy except one moment which was Uh-oh. self-indulgent and i'm sorry it, 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 it's it's not that bad but it's kind of so like uh, that 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 one fight where they're that they the, there's that shaft they're fighting in with Steppenwolf and mm, she falls uh-huh. down and then like thing kicking the slow motion and I love the shot it's beautiful she's trying to reach for her sword that's falling too far from her and the Flash gets in there and he taps it back to her right yeah 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 uh-huh. no no fucking reason and the exact reason there's she catches it and she lands but she's had her sword with her it didn't do right, anything she could have just picked she could have just picked it up yep. Yep, and in and in Justice League, she has a parademon falling uh, chasing her. She gets the sword, oh. slashes the demon, and lands. That's way better. Yep, that's way better. Uh, okay, so uh, other quick notes: this all the cemetery scenes were super spooky. Um, mm. I really appreciated that. Um, uh, they well, had a certain uh, yeah, all the please. cemetery scenes had a had a pretty specific uh, feel to them. Did and, you like uh, what, what did I you like better, the Justice League or the Snyder uh, cut um, cemetery? Justice League. I, I I would need to rewatch the Justice League ones to to really compare. But here, here I will say this: is I don't remember the Justice League ones leaving an impression <laughs> on me. Well, they had, they had Flash making a cute little uh, pet cemetery joke uh, about it, so there's like a little bit of levity between him and Cyborg. And I, I, I oh, and I'm nice. cheating by I watch too many videos comparing them to see exactly why one might be better than the other. And in the Justice League, so people had a lot of problem with like uh, uh, the Flash's racist joke. In Justice League, he uh, he puts up his fist, goes fist bump, and then uh, he goes, uh, probably probably not racially charged. Sorry. And 
uh, and and Cyborg just gives him a look. But that does pay off by the end because once they're saying all together victory and like we're all friends, Cyborg does say give him a fist bump. So uh-huh. yeah, so in the Zach League we get the fist bump for no reason, but in Dasis League there's a good reason for it because it was an uh. It, like people think it was racist, but no, Ezra Miller and this Flash is a dumbass. He's a fool. Yeah, but then like totally in the Justice League, you know, Cyborg's like, you might be a fool, but you're my friend now. Fist bump. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, my 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 final final note is those cubes. Those cubes. The uh, I'm, I'm already blanking on what they're called. Mother boxes. Yeah, the mother boxes. Like the way that they're moving, they look like a product from Spencer Gifts. <laughs> and they just look like they'd be a lot of fun to touch. I agree. Yeah, that that'd be a good piece of merch. It like uh, has like those little pins that come out so it feels like it's pulsating. <laughs> exactly. Um another very satisfying desk. Another card. note. Uh so um people complain about the long sequence of the arrow shooting to Wonder Woman, which I liked a lot, because mm-hmm. once again you just get to be there. Okay, but when she goes to check out um, the tomb, she has to go to a tomb. She gets that um, the torch and whatnot, right? And she, yeah. she lands. And right as she lands, that shot is straight up a video game level. Like, there's like, uh, she lands on a platform, and there's like a platform behind her, and like, there's a platform in front of her that looks like a level of like uh, Prince of Persia. And Positive Zach did that as a uh, Tomb Raider reference. That's awesome. Like, if you look at the shot, she lands, and everything in that shot is, like, a level of a, almost, it's a literal shot of a video game. And he mentioned, you see them mentioned earlier that she's a quote-unquote Tomb Raider. They even see you say that word. That's so funny. There's, there's another moment where Wonder Woman is fighting, and they go for, like, a straight-up side view mm-hmm. that very much looks like a fighting game. <laughs> um, I think, uh... Yeah, my notes are done. All right, um, Tony. Any, any uh, final words or thoughts? Um, honestly, I think we touched on everything I was going to bring up. Um, that's really all I have. <laughs> what are your final feelings about uh, Zack Snyder League? It was, it was, it was needed for me. Mm-hmm. It, it it was something I needed to see. It wasn't perfect. There, there were things that I didn't, I didn't. I didn't think fell the right way compared to surprisingly compared to the justice league. But overall, I think, I think it would, it, it gave me a bit more, a bit more closure to that vision, to the overall vision of that, of that universe that we, that we're never going to fully see fleshed mm-hmm. out now. So I can appreciate it. Cool. Uh, Matt, final thoughts of the movie. Yeah. You know, uh, I had a hard time getting into it at first, but then after about two hours, uh, I was hooked. And I overall, um, in maybe a week or two, I'll have some real genuine criticisms. Mm-hmm. But having just watched it yesterday, you know, um, yeah, Tony, like I think what you're saying right now is it's like it's just really nice to see the vision, and I think it was markedly different, and I really enjoyed the hell out of it. There you go. Cool, Isaac. Um, hmm, final thoughts on the Snyder Cut. Uh I definitely enjoyed it. I think it was uh, still overdrawn and excessive and ridiculous, 
But there are, like, some few genuine moments of, like, you know, Zack Snyder brilliance. Like, you know, I still really love the, uh, whatchamacallit, Flash running to um, reverse the world. Uh, mm-hmm. As misguided yeah. as the nightmare scene was, uh, you know, there's a certain uh, joy to seeing the Jokers say, I'm going to give you a reach around, Batman. <laughs> 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 I like it. He's such a crackhead. When he said that, I was like, "Did I hear that?" <laughs> I couldn't help but just, just chuckle about Zach. With well, Zach, you fucking crackhead. Yeah, Zach Snyder Ooh. got to make it as violent as he wanted. It is surprisingly violent for like what's supposed to be a all ages family film. Uh, you know, I definitely appreciated the Snyder cut that it exists. Um, and you know, I, I also feel like a little bit more sympathy towards uh, Josh Whedon, and I feel like he deserves a little bit more. The poor guy was forced to make the Ant-Man and the Wasp while, you know, out of the pieces of, like, ultra-violent Endgame, and he mostly did it, but uh, nobody really thanked him for it, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, he he was dealt a terribly bad hand and uh, tried to come up uh, on top of it. But, you know, I, I still yeah. say I enjoyed the uh, Snyder Cut, although, you know, I don't think for the long term, it's nice that it exists, but I'm not going to die. I'm not going to lose sleep if the Snyderverse isn't restored. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Then my final thoughts are uh, one last note. Uh, Batman throwing battering at the Flash uh, just makes no sense from start to finish, but I could tell <laughs> that uh, Snyder really wanted that shot. It does look so cool where uh, he, like you have like Bruce in, still in like the throwing pose and then like uh, Flash reaching out toward the frame, toward the battering and, and, and grabbing it with his fingertips. I love that shot. But it doesn't make sense. He's he, Snyder, you do this a lot. And I give you a lot of passes. So, yeah. Um, uh, what I saw was that two men were given marching orders and and, uh, and limitations. And they both tried fucking hard as hell to make a good movie within those limitations. And paid a dire price at the hand of the audience. Like... People are going after them specifically as people and like their bad job as movie makers are just like reasons for them to just hate them as people. When like, uh, I'm Josh Sweden, he's, 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 he's fucked up, but, uh, I don't need to hate the filmmaker for fucking up. Um, Ryan Johnson, he did the greatest transgression against me of all time with the last Jedi. But I don't, like, have to shit on him as a person. Um, I, I wish we wouldn't do that with Zack Snyder or jo- uh, Joss Whedon. Not with their job as a movie. So, within their limits, uh, I liked it. And um, just speaking specifically to Zack Snyder's film, like, it was great. I really liked finally seeing, like, a big epic that is not aiming for the four quadrants. Like, this is a dork who wants to make it look like this, and he goes all out into, you know, m- making mistakes. And even then, like, I'm kind of having fun because, like, all right, humans make mistakes, fine. And uh, it's, it felt more human, like, a more of a human experience versus a corporate ka chunk, ka chunk machine. Even though there's, like, lots of underhanded stuff that he's doing to try to get another job by, like, laying all those, like, uh, Easter eggs, and, and maybe there'll be more. But yeah, in general, even with all its flaws, I had so much fun, and I hope this sets off a trend of like 
giving eccentric filmmakers four hours to do what the fuck they want. And <laughs> I would love to see more of these movies. Cause like, there's also like a thing where he's laying down, he's, he's making a lot of bets, like a uh, destroyed planet, evil Superman, um, Batman and the Joker working together. Like, ha! yeah, I'd love to see you try to make that um, movie. Zach, I, I, that's, that's not an easy one to try to make actually happen. And I would love to see that craziness, but maybe it's too crazy to ever actually happen. But yeah, um, I had a lot of fun with it. Also, the, my 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 uh, enjoyment of the DC universe is finally seeing people freak out and get upset, like I did for Star Wars. <laughs> but this time, yeah, I get to be the guy who's not that bothered. And uh, yeah, the, the the comparison between uh bbs and the last jedi is incredible and it's 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 fun to kind of like think about so yeah okay that's my thoughts on justice leaguery i think that's it for the episode then right i think i think we did it matt where can we find more of your work on the internet yeah all right you can find me on uh instagram and twitter at doc falconer uh, just about every Friday and Saturday, um, I am doing Shot for Shots. That is the drinking game with the movie problem. We do readings of popular movies nice. with drinking game rules for the audience and for the actors. That's you, you can find us on Facebook for that. I'm on another podcast called The Hero Project, where we uh, create a hero from start to finish. We should have season two of that coming out pretty soon. And uh, some other fun stuff coming 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 around the mountain coolio <laughs> that's not that's not what people say nope. that's not what they say but um but yeah uh, pretty soon pretty soon so that's what i got cool tony um do you have something that you want to point to on the internet that people can find you at um i am uh, attempting uh, begrudgingly to uh, build my uh, my my streaming name on Twitch. I'm under TK hey, Shadowblade, right um, which is where you can also find me on. Um, <clears throat> what else am I on? Goodness gracious! <laughs> <laughs> I'm also on YouTube under under Tony K. Um, if you if you want to see some want to see some gaming and some and some tech videos I've uploaded, just uh, little things to to get my start in the in the online scene. Um, come check me out. Cool. I will. Isaac. Where can we find more of your work on Intertron? Uh, you can find me at uh, Lobster Magnet uh, Review, the channel. Uh, just type in Lobster Magnet, and you'll see all my wonderful video essays. Uh, right now, I'm in the midst of trying to get a bunch of videos prepared for My Hero Month, uh, annual tradition for whenever the hell a new season of My Hero Academia comes out. I do uh, four videos uh, for a month of content that uh, come out while it's at its peak to hopefully uh, game the algorithm. But, you know, at this point, it's a tradition. I do it every season, even if I don't have much. I find something interesting to say so uh look forward to that uh right now i've recorded one today i'm gonna try and record another video and uh yeah and uh, get a few more of the, those done cool all right oh, yeah. Plus Plus Ultra. Ultra. <laughs> all right you can find me at keith justice on twitch and instagram and you can find this podcast and more at popgeeks.com. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Couch Command, and we'll be back next episode in a couple weeks. Well, I don't know how long for Excalibur, so everybody can see where Zack Snyder gets the style from. Thank you guys for listening, and we are out.